My cabinet got like sealed shut. Because of the humidity? I guess. I don't know, but it, I can't get my t-shirts out. And I guess I'm just going to do it with my bra just for a minute. Doing the podcast topless. <sighs> it's very European. Topless with a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> She's feeling better. <laughs> Recording. Recording. Listen, I don't want to be so negative about everything because I feel like I really started on a negative Nelly note here. You know? <laughs> well, we'll cut all that out and we'll just start from here. You've peed. You've peed out the negativity. I, I think pee- I have. I think I have. I had to pee so many times last night during like sleeping times. What's that about? How can a well, person pee that's, so much? Well, you well you have to not drink so much water before I bed feel like or, I didn't, or beverages. Just beverages. I feel like I didn't drink an abnormal amount. I don't know. Like I was just like, have I been retaining water for a really long time? What's up? Oh, with that's that? possible. Wait, that's and possible. Then my body was just like, oh, what am I carrying this around for? Let's get rid of it. But it well, all. I mean, happens. you know me. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can lose ten pounds in pee. <laughs> it was really weird. It's really weird. And you know, I've told you this before. I've confessed that I always count like when I'm peeing. Thank you, OCD. And so, yeah, they, oh, I, did, I like I count a lot when I'm peeing too. <laughs> I did four, twelve or thirteen count long peas last night from the time I fell asleep and the time I woke up. It's too much. What did you drink last night? All I did, I just had like my normal drinks all day. And then like right before bed, Matt made me a peppermint tea. And that like that, that's what it is. Peppermint tea. Just like that's what it is. It's like a diuretic. It was like an eight ounce cup of peppermint tea. I didn't really think it was gonna. No, but it's, it's, but it's the peppermint tea itself is like a diuretic. I guess. Tea is a diuretic always. I thought it was caffeine that was a diuretic and peppermint Mm -hmm. tea. She doesn't have I'm telling you. No, she's got she's got some stuff that just makes things happen. It's all happening. All I'm right. t- you got to you got to lay off the tea. I'm gonna maybe have to take a nap today, like after we're done recording, because I just spent so much. You were like of my a baby night peeing. You were literally like a baby, but peeing out negativity. I mean, maybe that's just something we have to visualize. Like I'm peeing out the negativity. Well, maybe I peed out the negativity and we can continue from here. <laughs> How are you? Um, Your voice is still here. I'm happy. I was worried that it maybe only made a brief appearance and was going to go back away, but it's still, you're still talking. I am talking. I leave tomorrow to start shooting single drunk female. Exciting. I am excited. Yeah. I start, I did work Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then I was supposed to go to some fundraiser things here in the city, one for abortion and one for vote forward. But I'm going to have to miss them because I'm going to be out of town for work. And the woman who was like putting together the vote forward one was like, oh, such a bummer. Also, here's this thing I'm sure you'll be too tired and it's like this letter writing thing that's happening on Saturday for that vote forward and Planned Parenthood's putting together like here in New York you know for people to write to other places reminding people to vote 
right. one yeah. of those things. Yeah. And they're like, really would love for you to, you know, send me, forwarded me a letter from the people. Like, if there's any way she could come, we're really trying to like get people excited, whatever. And I was just like, yes, of course I'll go. Of course I'll do it. I'll, of course I'll show up. So I know it's a lot. I know I'm pushing myself, but here's what I think. I just think, I just think that in this moment in time, yeah, I just like, it's fine. I can go, I can go d- do this. I can be tired. Yeah. I, what won't be okay is if I feel like I didn't leave it all out on the field. You got to leave it on the field, as they say. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of concerning polls out um, today. And uh, today is Monday, we should say, by the way. Uh, we usually record on Tuesdays. But since Busy is traveling, uh, we are recording on Monday. Um, so, like, Things could be different by the time this comes out on Wednesday. Anything we say could change by Wednesday. But yeah, some polls that have people kind of like in a tizzy today about, I mean, I don't even see how the polls could be real compared to like where they were before. And I just, I don't know what to think, but what I do know to think is we got to fucking vote. That's what, like, that's what there is left to do. We got to vote and get each other to vote and cheerlead each other over the finish line of voting. That's what's left to do. You know? Well, I'm showing up to cheer on Saturday. So if you're coming to this thing, I'll cheer you. Yeah. To write some letters. Write some letters, remind people. Like, that's that's the way that we're going to pull this out off if we pull it off and and let's keep in mind rabbi sharon and her wise words from last week's pod i hope you guys i feel like we got i got a lot of really amazing response from that podcast i don't know if you did too we did yeah a lot of people responded um really favorably to uh everything that rabbi sharon said uh, and we're we're really glad to hear from her. So I'm so glad we had her on. I mean, I do think that it's worth continuing to remind ourselves that like, you know, you show up and you do the work and then if it's not what you want it to be, you wake up the next day and you show up and you do the work, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think back to, you know, both of my sons, uh, when they were younger, worked really hard on Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. They were both volunteers. And my older son led a really big volunteer operation for her. And um, they were devastated when Donald Trump was elected. Uh, so much so, like, like we, we all were. But it was the first time that they had ever had such an active role uh, working in an election situation. And they weren't even old enough to vote yet, either of them. Um, And that next day, when it didn't go the way that we wanted, like, I'm sure that we all felt like just uh, climbing under a blanket and, uh, you know, and being woken up in four years when it was time to vote again. But, you know, we just had a big talk about how, yeah, how we had to keep showing up and how we were still the same people that we were 
the next day that we had been the night before, and we still believed the same things, and the same things were still important to us, and all of the people that we felt like we were fighting for, ourselves and other people, were going to need support, continued support from us and we were going to need support from them and like more than ever. And so I just always think of that time and like what I told my kids about like going forward and how, you know, that's how I have to talk to myself about going forward always, regardless of any individual outcome. I mean, listen, it's all a lot. It's a lot. But we do have to just keep fucking showing up, she says as she has her 5 p.m. glass of wine. (laughs) We do have to keep showing up because, like, that's, uh, you know, that is how we get in trouble, too, is, like, by deciding, like, I've showed up, like, I've showed up twice and I'm tired. Because there's, like, 100-year-old ladies that have been showing up every fucking two years for 50 years, you know, however long. And so... Yeah, so we just have to we just have to keep going and keep you know, keep working and getting people like pumped up for this mm-hmm. event that's like right ahead of us. A lot of people have their early ballots. I have to fill mine out and send it in. I have to make sure my whole family fills it out and sends it in. And you know, voting in Los Angeles is like it's homework. There's a lot of homework on that ballot. Uh just about different measures and initiatives. I want to vote the right way. And so like, we really have to buckle down and do it. But a lot of people are already voting. And uh, a lot of people will vote on the day. And we just have to cheer for everyone like you're doing Saturday. (laughs) What? Okay, I what I'm gonna just talk about it. I don't care. Um, Because what just happened is kind of insane. So okay. Okay. So you know, Bertie's plan has been boarding school, right? Yes. For high school, which is next year. Yes. And then last week, and I'm not, I'm not talking about it. I, I don't think talking about things jinxes things. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not going to say where, whatever, but Bertie came to us and was like, came to me and was like, I was thinking that maybe I should also look at this high school here, another high school here yeah. in New York. Yeah. That is like a, a, it's a performing arts thing. Yeah. You know, so like she would have to audition to get into the program and it's like a whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I've been trying to like navigate and trying to figure out like how to, it's like, sometimes I think things are supposed to be easy and they are like extraordinarily difficult. Yes. And so in like New York school systems has like their own site and their own thing and you have to like be in the thing and it's supposed to make access easy for parents to be able to like see what their kids are doing and what's happening and communication and all this stuff. But like Birdie's been in a private school and so is not actually in like a New York system. Right. And so then, you know, I was on the phone on hold for like 55 fucking minutes today waiting to try to figure this out. And I don't think it's like this difficult for everyone, you know, like I, I also do acknowledge that I am particularly bad at things like this, you know. 
Anyway, yeah, I, I, I think that you're probably being hard on yourself. I don't think any. It's it's not user friendly. Yes, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's supposed to like the whole. That's the whole thing is that it's supposed to be right. So then I get off, like, get on the phone with the lady, and she's so nice, and she's like, "But actually, I can't help you because your child is just not in the system because you go to private school, and the only way she can get in the system is if you go to the private school, and they." put her in the system, which is like what they have to do. So I'm like, cool. I'm glad I was on, by the way, four days ago, there was like a eighth grade parent informational coffee that Mark and I both forgot about. Was this information there? Possibly. At her school. I don't know. Who Who knows? knows? You know, because the kids are all like, they're either going to stay at the private school they're at, but a lot of kids choose to move or go to specialized high schools. And like, especially in New York, there are so many incredible options for public and private specialty schools that are of all kinds, you know? And, you know, and obviously Birdie's had her little heart set on the Sweden thing, but I do think she just like kind of became aware that maybe there's there's also other options that might be pretty rad too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, I had to, I had to like immediately jump off the call with the city school person to do a zoom and then immediately get on with you to do this podcast. Yeah. So I texted Mark what the deal was and I was like, so you have to reach out to the current school and ask them to do it. And he's okay, great. So we just got the email back. You know, he sees me, obviously. Yeah. I got the email back. And the, and the like dean from the school roped in another person who like is the person that deals with this. And literally they're like, um, here's the, here's this information that you need, blah, 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 blah. But while I have you here, we do hope that Rose remains with us (laughs) at the school's name for grade nine and the duration of high school. We support your search and want to ensure that you choose the best environment possible for Rose based on her needs. Like, guys, I don't know who Rose is, but it is just (laughs) definitely not my child. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, no part of Birdie's name is Rose. And it's just, like, sort of a little bit like the perfect encapsulation of yeah, like of just everybody trying to like like honey honey like don't do a like change the name on the form that you know what I mean like <laughs> like it's just so you don't know fucking Rose you don't know Birdie you know like it, <laughs> just like also like don't even use the kid's name just be like we hope you guys decide to stay but we get it if you don't bye right you know right. what I mean yeah like I'm not trying to show throw shade I love the school but like sometimes all of this trap the trappings of bullshit like from everyone always is exhausting, man. (laughs) It's just, well, to me, it just says that, yeah, like that person's trying to do a job. They cut and paste and had a brain fart like everyone's having right now. 
And all it does is really highlight like how much there isn't like a real connection between that person and your kid or any kid. It's also like from that person, the person who's like the administrative. Yeah, like, why would they know? Giving me this thing. Like, I don't need that from them. You like, don't need the that dean, level of personalization. No, like, yeah. The dean knows Birdie really well. And like, actually, I think would really talk to us about what she thinks would be the best place yeah. for Birdie moving forward. And like, yeah. I got to be honest, it's. Whether or not, I mean, look, you know my feelings. I do not want the child to go to a country that I am, that there's an ocean between us, you right, know, right. for school. Right. Um, like that would break, you know, that would, it would be the work. It would be really hard for me because yeah. I'm just not ready for that yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. But if that's what this kid is like, I got to fucking do it. Okay. Okay. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? No decisions are permanent. Let's try it out. Um, but I was like the relief of my life when she came into bed and was like, I was thinking about maybe like as a backup, just in case we could look at this school. Yeah. And then we went and looked at it and it was like magic. And like these kids are like, just so cute and fucking doing plays and Shakespeare and Chicago. And like, it was like the high school of my dreams when I was a kid. And then I had to like also check myself there because what is my dream and what is her dream and what is anyone's dream ever? You know what I mean? Like, how do you even disseminate what your dream is from what your parents did? And people have said that to me before because obviously my mother wanted to be an actress and that didn't happen for her because her parents weren't supportive of it and they didn't, you know, and she sort of allowed their, you know, influence to influence how she decided to live her life. And there's no way I could know like what percentage of that made me this part of myself. And obviously I think that I always loved performing and I always wanted to do it on my own, but obviously there's an influence of your family, you know? And right. Anyway, the point being, I did say to Birdie as we were looking at the high school, I was like, I want to just say to you, like, straight up, this is my dream. Like, and I, but if it's not yours, like, I don't have any, that's fine. I don't need it to be your dream. Right. I just want you to know that, like, I really do feel this way about this place. And I think that if it, that if I were 14, and I came here, this would be light my soul in a way that I would have loved. But if it's not that for you and if something else is, like I want to make that happen for you, you know? Yeah. And you, I trust that you know yourself the best of anyone because you do, you know, because she does. And anyway, I don't know where Rose is going to go. <laughs> Well, I wish Rose, whoever she may be, all the luck in deciding what her next steps are. Uh, I wish Birdie lots of luck and just trust that, you know, 
I don't want to say that, you know, talk about bullshit. I don't want to say like whatever, you know, whatever's meant to happen will happen because that's not I true. Know. Sometimes shit happens that, you know, it really sucks and it'd be great if it was like a different way or it's good for one person and it's not the best for another person. But Birdie, what I will say is Birdie's really lucky to have a parent who is supportive of Birdie's dreams or even like Birdie's exploration of what might be dreams. And, you know, and I think it's really great that you're like checking yourself on not wanting to like over influence any decisions. Well, I mean, I obviously had to acknowledge it. I mean, that's just like, yeah, it would be insane if I didn't. Yes, I would be insane if I didn't. And then, you know, the pragmatist in me would say, also, once you get in with the New York City public school system, apply to every performing arts high school in New York well, City. Well, we did. Yeah, I know. We did. I did look at that. But I got to be honest with you. And I sort of do feel this way. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to apply to two. Okay. I think we're going to apply to two. And I don't even think she knows that we're applying to two. Okay. Yeah. Because once you do the audition, what's great is that like the audition goes, there are 14 specialized performing arts high schools. Right. In New York. Right. City in the boroughs. Right. Um, and you can choose when you do your audition, whether it's visual art or drama or musical theater or vocal or instruments or whatever, music, whatever. Um, you only do one audition, mm-hmm. one submission, right? And it counts for all. You can do. You can check all of the one, all of the programs that you want. to. That is why I would apply to most of the programs, right? Just because, just because, who knows? Because it's a totally new thing, and I totally get like having faith and being like, Birdie's gonna kill it. You know, but I just, I don't know how it works. So, well, all the programs are different. I mean, I have learned, I've learned a lot, guys. I've learned a lot. Sure. You know, navigating this shit is not my parental strength. Right. In so many ways, I'm like in awe of people like my sister who knows how to like get the points for the thing and the deed with the charter and the thing. And I mean, Arizona is like extraordinarily difficult with the. Yeah. Thing because the Republicans have been trying to like tank the school system, just outlaw school. Yeah, basically, pretty they much. Have. Yeah, um, and so like they make you really work for it, which is yeah. so detrimental to everyone. Obviously, yeah. because I mean, I'm you know, I know I'm not great at math, but I'm pretty fucking smart, and like I couldn't do the thing. I couldn't right. even. By the way, it didn't even say if your kid is in private school, you have to do this right on anywhere. Right. Mark could Mark never didn't figure it out. So you know. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. That's but why. anyway, I'm just saying, like, I'm always I'm always impressed with people who are able to navigate like all of the different public school systems and how because they all vary and they're all different and there's like all kinds of different things you can get. Yeah. And test into or test out of. Mm-hmm. Like fucking whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's not my strong suit. This is executive functioning and it's not my strong suit. Yeah. It's not it's not easy, but you know, you know I'm a pragmatist and I would always rather have the most options. Well, you know that I <laughs> hate am a person <laughs> that doesn't love 
a safety net. It's true. It's true. And I'm really like, yeah, go big or go home, bitch. Like, yeah, go for the fucking number one school in the country for drama or whatever. Yeah. Go to Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) But where I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where the safety net doesn't cost anything or doesn't take like any extra effort just uh get the safety net get that option well then I went on like a full then I went on like a full journey and was like trying to like convince Birdie that we should go look at like these performing arts boarding schools because there are a couple Mm. in the U.S. yeah and then Birdie's like no that's not what I want that's not 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 okay all right so you know boarding school in Sweden or the hardest most competitive performing arts high school in the country. Well, crossing all my fingers for Birdie, crossing all my <laughs> fingers for Rose. She is my kid. That is for fucking sure. <laughs> that's exciting, though. I think that's great. I know. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I just don't want, I don't even know, you know, but. You don't believe I did in have- jinxing, but you don't want to just put anything out there that. I don't want somebody to hear it and then like, I don't know. I don't want it to. And shit on it? No, no, no. Not that. Like, more like, I don't want the school to be concerned that my public persona would be a problem for them. Understood. Yeah. That's smart. That's the actual truth. Yeah. I think that's smart. But if they don't take her, they're fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. We have to get, like... So then today I was doing my recon because, like, obviously I'm not coaching this child through an audition. There's no fucking way in hell I'm doing that. And I don't even know, like, like my monologues from my, like, college auditions. Like, she can't do those. That's not even contemporary. That's, like, retro now. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know where you even find these things. I'm like, there's, like, monologue books? I don't know. So, well, that's what I'm saying. Don't think for a second that there aren't parents in that city who haven't hired, like, consultants and coaches and Oh, whatever, I just already, you know. I just got this coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, already, I just found a coach. Through, wait, these jeans are so unattractive. Jesus. Why? I feel like you're very hot in that T-shirt, and I keep expecting you just to take it off. I and, am like, hot. The, Hold, I'm going to take it off. Hold do on. Do the podcast in your bra. Let's just She just keeps rolling up the sleeves and they won't stay up because it's like a very soft t-shirt, but I really expected her to rip it off at one point. Cabinet. My cabinet got like sealed shut. Because of the humidity? I guess. I don't know, but it, I can't get my t-shirts out and I guess I'm just going to do it with my bra just for a minute. Doing the podcast topless. <sighs> it's what very European. New? Topless with a glass of wine. <laughs> She's feeling better. Um, <laughs> no, I did. I did like I did find like a an acting coach through a friend of a friend whose son is literally like on Broadway. You oh, know there I mean? you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just I, w- I was able to text him and he was so wonderful. And his kid goes to a different performing arts high school. That's like the professional school, like for kids who are like pro- actually professional working. Yeah. Professionals. Which Birdie Which, technically is. Yes, I guess, but not like, no, like, yeah, these are kids, like Birdie doesn't have an agent or a manager and like, yeah. the you know, the with love thing is, is its own, it's just its own thing, like, you know, yeah. and I think that 
you know, I don't know. Bertie, Bertie can do whatever whatever she wants when she's an adult, you know? Yeah. Or older. <laughs> yeah. Also, there was some kid drama today. Like, I mean, uh, friend drama at school. And I just got the text that everything's okay. So that's good. It's so wild to me. My parents did not know a fucking thing that happened at school when I was in school. Texting didn't even exist. Can you imagine? Yes. Like, I think all my mom ever knew is that, like, I talked too much in class. Like, she would get, she would hear about that once a year. Casey talks a lot because she finishes her work and then she talks to her neighbor. That was like, that's all my parents ever knew about me. That's my entire school reputation. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> and basi- And by the way, and look at you making a fucking career out of it. <laughs> right? I can't get over that email with the wrong name. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really funny. That's so funny. Like how s- silly. How silly it all is. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I just, listen, you know, you've been through it. For sure. Having kids growing up is like <laughs> just so hard, you know? Well, it's a lot, right? Because you, like, we all just got over growing up ourselves. And we're, you know, still trying to, like, figure it out. And then you got to shepherd this other person through growing up. And, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but a lot of times I felt like, like, I, yeah, I wanted to do anything to make it easier for my kids. And, you know, while also not doing every single thing for them so that they understood that, like, some things they had to, like, take the lead on, be responsible for, and see through. And if it wasn't worth it to them to take the reins, then it maybe it wasn't something that was worth doing. Um, and, you know, but I also spent a lot of time being like, did anyone put this much thought into like my growing up, you know, like for sure not. <laughs> so it was a lot but of that. But also it's like, but again, that's like kind of like what we were talking about yeah. with Nora, our yeah. guest, which is like, just because our parents didn't take that much time thinking about it. Right. Does that mean right. that we don't like, right. I can't, there are certain things where I like, yeah, my parents never fucking played with me, like down on the ground, like playing with me. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, I really like playing with cricket. And, yeah. Like, I'm glad I did that, you yeah. know? And then sometimes I was like hungover and I'm like, this is not fun. Right, right. I do not enjoy this. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's it's okay to parent differently. It totally is. But it is interesting. I do feel like we have lived, like, all of us who are, like, my age and, you know, around your age. Gen X. Gen Xers have, like, lived two totally different childhoods. Like, if you've had kids or if you have, like, taken care of a child in your family or whatever. It's it's very interesting to just have, like, lived through that. It's weird. You start to notice, like, the cycles of things in life and, like, how many... Well, also, like, what we were talking about with Nora trying to, like, sort of talk to your family about politics and things like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like... 
it's so important. It's important to do, but also like, could like anyone retain it from time to time? Like, could, do you think any of the people that we're talking to and like trying to convince like, oh, you know, everyone deserves humanity. Um, and like we determined that at one point and now I guess people aren't feeling that way anymore. Like if I get you to see the point of treating people with humanity, treating all people with the same humanity that you think you deserve, do you think you could remember that? Like, how long do you think you can remember it for? And will we be back here in two years, four years, eight years, 12 years? You know, it's really interesting. But life sure is full of cycles. Print fresh. Oh, my God. Do you know how much I love my print fresh pajamas? I hope as much as I do because oh I've been God, wearing them, them so much. I've been wearing them out for like regular clothes. Okay. That's I'm not that person, but <laughs> you know, I never have been that person. But I yes. love them so much and I do change into them as soon as I can. And they it's print fresh, guys, as a woman-owned luxury sleepwear and lifestyle brand that are literally it's made for us. It's made for people that love patterns and like whimsical things. You know that Emily Beebe bought me a pair of print fresh jammies last year for Christmas. Oh, of course. Yes. She purchased them for me and now they're advertising on the pod. This is just the way that it works, guys. We love these products. We're selling them to you because we love them. Long lovers of Print Fresh. You've probably seen them online. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me wearing uh, the top of my pajamas out and about as a blouse. Uh, created by textile designer and fashion entrepreneur Amy Volishin. Uh, she loves flora and fauna. And as do she I. puts them on organic cotton loungewear and statement-making home decor that is full of personality. I love the color. The color for me is everything. But all also, I love the size inclusivity. It comes from extra small to 6X, everything from robes, sleep sets, nightgowns. Everyone's guaranteed a perfect fit without sacrificing any style or any substance, which you know is very important to me. They also have like a home decor line, which I'm obsessed with. Um, bags, accessories, like quilts, duvets, throw pillows, uh, my jammies range. I mean, now, like, truly, I've got the stripy jammies. Yes. I've got the ones that Emily gave me, which were the, um, like, the original, like, jungle print yes, guys. the cheetahs. The cheetahs on them. And then I also had the matching slippers that Emily gifted me. Amazing. Which is, like, so cute. Like, this is literally, like, it was my favorite Christmas present last year. And then now Print Fresh is advertising with us. And I was like... So excited. Yes. And uh, Birdie stole my other pair. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. So that's fine. I'm glad that she's happy in them because they are so cozy. They're really comfortable. comfortable. As you wash them, they get even more and more comfortable and cozy and cozy. They wash so well. But you know what I love about it? They wash so well, but like the print doesn't fade. It doesn't fade. I don't know how they do it. Yes, it's and they stay perfectly sized and perfectly crisp, just how you want them. I know. I have, how do they do it? I don't know. <laughs> I do, okay. It's very I special. Maybe you knew. I thought it's maybe it was very in the special copy. fabric. I think that they're making these out of, and they just released. I don't know if you saw Busy, but they just released uh, pumpkins for the fall, oh, like I didn't a pumpkin see it. print. I didn't and, see it. 
I really, I have to order that like today. But the holidays are coming up. This is when people are asking you, what do you want for the holidays? What do you want for a gift? This is the perfect thing to ask for. Well, also, it's the perfect thing to give. This is the perfect gift for a mother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your sister, your best friend, your friend who you like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at, like I, I like this is like a friend that you're like trying to turn to loving you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. we're we're in. I am in print fresh. I am all in. I'm giving everybody these guys. Print fresh is a woman owned luxury sleepwear and lifestyle brand. You're gonna love it as much as we do. Sizes ranging from extra small to six X. New home decor accessories. Autumn-inspired sleepwear are here for the season. So whatever your plans are, make them comfier and cozier with Print Fresh. Head to printfresh.com slash best or use code BEST for 15% off your first order and let those sweet dreams begin. The holiday (laughs) shop opens tomorrow on October 20th. Okay, so it's printfresh.com slash best or use promo code BEST and you're going to get 15% off. I'm telling you, we've done your shopping. This is it. This is it. Olive and June. Guys, in case you need to know anything about Olive and June still, <laughs> you might. I mean, I don't you know. Might. I feel you maybe like we've you told do. you everything, but you might still be curious. I'm saying if you're on the fence and you're like, I want a manicure at home that looks like I went to a salon. Um, I need it to be like easy and I need all the tools and also just like tutorials that are easy to look at online on their Instagram. This is Olive and June's Manny system and you can treat yourself to beautiful nails all year long. Their polishes are incredible. They last seven plus days. They do not chip. You can achieve beautiful salon perfect nails at home with an affordable price. All the tools come in one little adorable box that you're gonna love. It's perfect. And it comes it comes with this little thing that they've invented called Poppy and it's a brush handle. You pop it onto the brushes of their uh, nail polishes and it makes it very easy. It like kind of steadies your hand so you can paint uh Good. Paint good? Well, that's not, that's not, you can help paint, me out here. You can paint you can your paint. non-dominant hand there perfectly you go. and it's that's not right. a mess and it looks like a professional did it. And uh, yeah. And oh, Busy, did you know that Olive and June now also has some quick drying formula polishes? Did I know? I do know because they arrived at my house and I'm so excited and I've been using them and I love them. Perfect. Because I really need a quick dry, you know? Yeah, yeah, because you like to... We know this about me. Yeah, yeah. We know this about me. (laughs) Because I like to... Because I'm like a a bull in a china shop. You You know what I mean? I'm constantly moving. Immediately launch into another activity. Yeah. Which, like this nail polish, three minutes for a manicure, I feel like. And then you're able to go do whatever you want. I am thrilled. Guys... If you haven't tried it yet, now's your chance. Now's your time. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here, my friends. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E 
com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. Go get it. Did we talk about third places yet on here? We talked, well, we talked about it with Nor- guys Just now. Yes, yes. We, but we never have before. But we have a guest coming up, Nora McInerney, who's an author. She has a new book out. She also has a podcast, Terrible Things for Asking. It's very popular. Um, She's also a friend of ours. So we're like referring to things that we already talked about with Nora because we already pre-recorded the interview because she's on tour. But Busy mentioned third places. And it was interesting because I was like, oh, we've never talked about that on the podcast. So anyway, go for it. Okay. So recently... There was an article. Where was it? The New York Times? Mm. Wall Street Journal? One of those. The the lack of third places. Yeah. And that doesn't mean people getting a bronze medal. (laughs) Um, it, It is the idea in sociology, the third place is like the social surrounding that is separate from the two usual places that you are, which would be the first, obviously, is your home. And the second is either workplace, either school or workplace. Okay. And then the third place is, I mean, a mall, like malls. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Your, the bar you would go to after work to get a drink. Um, a church that's not like fundamentalist and pushing lies on you, like um, your synagogue, park, your synagogue, a park that you go to the every gym. day, the gym that you go to every day, or your workout class that you go to every day. And what has what is true? It's the Atlantic, by the way. I just looked. It okay. Up. And what is true is that there's been a massive decline in the last decade plus of third places and what that has led to yeah is people finding online third places that act as echo chambers to their own thoughts but what's worse is that we all know like the worst parts of the internet People don't feel the same social constructs that you would feel like if you were sitting at a bar with a guy that you like see every day and you guys are chatting about the news and he says something fucking weird. And you're like, instead of being like, go fuck yourself, you fucking ignorant piece of shit. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, why? Why would you say that? What does that even mean? Where did you get that idea? Let's talk about it. Right. Guy that I spend, you know, I see every day. And so this, like, the the lack of these third places where we have social, like, meaningful social interactions being replaced by internet forums, chat rooms, Reddits, Twitters, whatever, has been, like, very detrimental to new idea building. Yeah. And growth. And then also, like, prog- also, like, ideas have become so much more disparate. So that's when people talk about like, oh, there's just this huge divide. We don't know how to, how to bring people together. It's like, we we actually do. It's called, it's a third place. Right. But all them, but all them malls are closed. (laughs) 
It's true. It's true. It's interesting too, just besides like the, besides like the notion that it restricts our development of like thought, like our critical thinking a little bit. Like, I feel like I can speak to this a little bit uniquely because I spent nine years working at Watch What Happens Live and um, and I really like Andy Cohen. I liked working with him. Uh, but that job, just by the nature of it, el- practically eliminated any third place for me because I would work from home in the mornings. I would take the train into the city and I would get to work between like noon and one o'clock. And then I would be there until midnight. And that was five days a week. And it was just, I spent a lot of hours working and I spent my free time at home working. And so then when the weekend came around and our weekend was like Friday and Saturday, I was way too exhausted to ever really go anywhere. Like it would be really rare that I would like go to something social and it wasn't regular. But like, so that was nine years that I was doing that. And I used to say it was like, like, you know, when you work in a hospital, like you hear like a doctor's works the night shift and is not, I don't want to say overworked because like working on a TV show is fun and it's not hard. It was just very, very isolating. And I didn't have a social life. And I think it really, really was detrimental. And so that's why I got into being online so much is because that was the only way that I was going to have a third place. And so I guess I'm lucky that I didn't wind up on some like you didn't you weren't radicalized. I weren't I wasn't radicalized on Reddit or something. Um I don't think I was in much danger of that ever happening, but but that is why I have like such a strong affinity for online because that was the only way that I was able to have a social life during those long nine years. Well, listen, here's the thing. It's really kind of a, like we're creating a third place, you know? Yeah. And that's good. And I, and we, and I say to Nora later, like she's creating a third place, you know, where people can find community and find connection that exists outside of the hair salon or the, you know, barbershop or you know, just wherever, hair places, wherever hair places. Out. Yeah. Hair places. <laughs> just hair well, no, places. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just that like these, those places just have, have diminished because also people don't have the same kinds of jobs that they used to have. They don't have the same right. kinds of routines that they used to have. Right. And there's just not like, the predictability that life used to sort of, I guess, be able to have that allowed for this kind of like social construction and, and it, and the way that it was constructed, it was, it was actually like a pretty good thing. Yeah. It is a pretty good thing. It's a good thing to be like in person with people who maybe don't always agree with you. Right. And to be able to like ask questions in a safe way, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or express that you don't understand something or, you know? Yeah. We've, we, that's a, that's a thing that's like also just gone 
away. People are so terrified to like ask. Right. Right. Well, because the heat I think is like ratcheted way up as we, you know, have discussed and will discuss further. The heat is ratcheted way up. We're like in this like weird post truth, you know, society where like, you know, I I don't know. Do you remember like, like social studies when you learned about like yellow journalism? Do you remember learning about yellow Mm -hmm, journalism mm -hmm, in social mm -hmm. studies where Mm -hmm. it's basically like journalism that has like an agenda, you know, Mm -hmm. like media that has an agenda, which we're there again, like, you know, media obviously has an agenda. It's business. And it's wild because we came from a time when, oh God, I I sound like the worst conspiracy theorist in the world. But you remember right-wing Republicans years ago being like, the lamestream media, you can't trust anything they say. And like, they were really setting us up to like... To stick up for the media and be like, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. Journalism's very important. It's, you know, it's it's an important part of our democracy. Mm. But, like, what we're seeing now is that, like, journalism is in rough shape right now. It's a business. Most of these media companies that journalists work for have political agendas and political affiliations. And if you want to keep your job as a... Uh, uh, personality or a journalist, you kind of like can't really go outside of like what the mandate for your your channel or your paper or your magazine, you know, you can't really freestyle on that. And so we're seeing like just ridiculous shit being discussed on mainstream media not being questioned at all, no follow-ups, just letting people say wild shit and not cha- not challenging them on anything and just being like, well, there you have it. Marjorie Taylor Greene says uh, space lasers are a big problem. And so back to you, Jim. Meanwhile, I can't even believe we do. I mean, is Donald Trump like listening to our fucking podcast or what? Like we do a podcast like confronting anti-Semitism and the rise of And like that, he posted literally the most inflammatory, scariest tweet this week about Jews. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. And I just think that like, well, I think that all of these people, like, again, they have an agenda that we have have to open our eyes to and admit what it is and speak up about it. And it's just like clearly some kind of like, fucking whistle went out like now's the time to do this all you dirtbags now's the time to to spout anti-semitism like we're all in agreement it's like it's anti-semitism's moment it's fucking disgusting it's disgusting listen to me it's not it's fucking moment we're not gonna let it exactly have the numbers for good we do right i know we do right and so again we don't have the money we have the numbers (laughs) Right. Well, this is uh, kind of like a point that I want to make, too, is that like money influences all of this stuff. But now we're talking about like social media and everything. 
yellow journalism back in the day, you needed to be able to have like a, a printing press to write like bullshit news stories that Ooh, were like propaganda, basically. This is a great point. This is a great point. I already Now like we it. all have a printing press in our I pocket. I got a printing press. For better or for worse, you know? And so well, people- Well, I think mine is for better, but you know. Yours is for better, but there's a lot of for worse. And so like, it kind of is, it kind of becomes our responsibility to clap back at the worst, <sighs> you know? But it's hard because it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming amount. And uh, it just feels like, I don't know. It just feels like, is it effective at all? But I think <sighs> it is effective when you know it's a real person, you know it's someone that you know, and they're like spouting rhetoric. And it happens. Like even people that I think sometimes are like good people, sometimes I'll hear them like picking up on something something where I'm like, where did you get that? Like, that's not, you know, like, well, like the misogyny of the left sometimes and the racism right. of the left sometimes. And like talking about how the economy is the only thing that matters when we know the economy is not the only thing that matters. And, you know, and sort of painting people as like, you know, all they care about is identity politics. And when we know that all politics is identity politics and the reason right. that you're mad is because your identity, you consider it to be the default identity and everyone else needs to take a back seat. So like, these are all the things that I think that we have to like combat this rhetoric but it's hard and it's scary. And especially like, I think about like five years ago when I would say what I thought about something politically, not five years ago, probably longer ago, I would say something that I thought politically on Twitter and some like random whoever, maybe a bot, maybe a real person would be like, shut up, you bitch. I have your address and, you know, whatever. And I would be scared into not saying anything and not using my little printing press in my pocket to do all that I could, it's fucked up. Like, we're in a really weird time and none of us know how to navigate it because we haven't been here before. And all we can do is, like, look back on the past, but the past has never been like this. So, you know, so I was talking about polls earlier in the podcast and it's like, like, polls are kind of like, in the past have worked and have been, like, an indicator of how things are going, but I don't know how reliable polls are anymore. Either. And I also like, don't know the agenda of like any pollster or like a pollster that used to be reliable. And now like maybe is owned by someone else. I just don't know. So it's scary. So that this is all to my point that like, I'm glad we have a third place here. I'm glad that people responded well to last week's podcast and, and got a lot out of what um, Rabbi Sharon had to say. We all have a little printing press in our pocket and we all have to show up and we all have to go forward. Um, and it's like fucking scary, unprecedented times. TBH. <sighs> Meanwhile, this fucking Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Jason Sudeikis drama just won't go away. It's really a lot. I'm, an, I'm done. I'm, an, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm, an, I'm annoyed. It was now fun. I'm an, it, it now was, it's like, now I'm pushed. Yeah. I'm pushed. I'm pushed. Over the edge. It was fun when it was about the movie, but now it's like the about the kids and the nanny and like, I don't like that. But by the way, don't, don't mistake your, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. This is like a thing. You cannot mistake people that work for you as your friends. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And it is a mistake that gets made 
all the time. Yes. By powerful people, by yes. wealthy people. And the truth is they work for you. Yes. They are not your friends. They are paid to be there. Yes. And like, and like, I don't know. It sounds like that nanny went through some shit. And as a result of some of the, like, from what I read, if, you know, if true, big, as they say, like in, in, but I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. But what I do know is that, like, I do hate that it's like something that the kids could, like, potentially find. And they you know. will find. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't like that that's the solution. I already regret that I wrote my book. <laughs> <laughs> that your kids are going to read it. That my children will read someday. <laughs> I'm kidding. Guys, I'm kidding. Guys, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. Guys, that was a joke. Let me tell you something. It was a joke. It was I a joke, did work for a person one time that asked me to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And um, I was kind of like, this is standard. And I had already signed one once before, I think. And I've been asked to sign a lot of non-disclosure agreements. But this one, to me, I'm not a lawyer, but this one, to me, seemed, like, not effective. And so, like, I brought it to a lawyer and had them explain it to me. And they were basically, like, telling me that it wasn't protective of the person at all. Like, it really, it had so many holes in it. And so then I went back to the person and I was like, just FYI, these non-disclosure agreements that you're having everyone sign isn't protecting you from anything. Like, just FYI, like, conduct yourself accordingly, which is wild that you'd be saying that to anyone. But I just was like, even I, in my 20s, was like, this seems to be legally riddled with holes and an ineffective document. But it is like the kind of thing where, you know, I don't know, some things are private and then some things are like private and personal, but also like Possibly, I don't know. People use non-disclosure agreements, I think, sometimes to cover up for like, I'm there's about to be bad behavior, so get ready. Like, you know, n- maybe not so much as it used to be, but it's all, it's all a mess. It's too much of a mess, and it's not fun anymore to me. No, I don't like it. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, I do want to know what the salad dressing is. <laughs> don't think that. Uh, somebody didn't send me because I was like, I want the salad recipe. Um, I love that your brain is the same as mine. <laughs> and somebody was like, uh, Olivia Wilde once shared this salad recipe. Uh, so maybe this is it. Um, Olivia Wilde uh, did this recipe on a Food Network show. Maybe it's the one. And so it's for... Uh, uh, just a recipe for salad and vinaigrette. So I make a stop. great vinaigrette. I'll send Harry it Styles, to you. Just FYI. Harry Styles. <laughs> just, I don't, I'm going to say something controversial. Kidding, I don't I'm like kidding, balsamic vinegar. Oh, really? I think it tastes like weird candy gravy. I don't I'm like not it. That, I'm not like the biggest fan. My dressing is not that. I do a red wine, baby. A red wine. I think that's superior. I was also joking that like, on my group chat that was talking about the salad and the babysitter and everything, the drama, the drama. Um, they were like, is it, do we think it's like the labor salad? What one is that? And I was like, no, it's probably the Gigi salad from the Palm, but the labor salad is the chopped salad from La Scala. And then it was like, why do I know so many dated it's, 1990s? That's not, the, that's not the labor salad. 
Which one is the the labor no, no, salad? No, no, no. In in Los Angeles, the yeah. labor salad was from a place called Coyote, oh, which okay. was in Laurel Canyon, okay. and then moved to Studio City. Trust your girl. Literally was pregnant when the labor <laughs> salad still existed. Oh it my doesn't. God. That place is gone now. It's like coyote. It was like yeah, Coyote something. It was like. Coyote Cafe or something like that. And it was in Laurel Canyon. And then it moved to Studio City and it had a really spicy dressing. Oh my God. It, I had somebody like go to get it for me when I was in the last week of my pregnancy. Cause I was just <laughs> like, I gotta get this fucking baby out. It didn't work. Oh Michelle no. Michelle had it with Matilda. I remember no. Michelle didn't make have it with Michelle. I, no, I, I, know. I made that up. No. I made that up. Somebody else I know had it. I'm Maybe just Abby. like it was a it was a simpler time. We had so much like uh, salad salad lore in our culture, like you know. But that La Scala chopped salad is literally the sh- stuff I dream of. Like I love it <laughs> so much. If you get a, you have to go like, and this is the problem because I feel like if you co- if you come from out of town and you go to La Scala to get the chopped salad, you don't know how to order it, which is like you have to like add things to it to make it okay to make it so like I always add like turkey and cheese and egg and tomatoes and cucumbers like by the way when I'm done with the salad it is 48 dollars yeah I'm sure it weighs nine pounds because it's like yeah because they like every little thing you add adds whatever eight bucks you know and so like I'm at a $48 fucking La Scala chopped salad oh my god it's dressing on the side always for me I like it more light dressing tossed if I'm eating it in but if you don't but if you put the dressing tossed then you can't take it to go and there's no way you're finishing that fucking salad. It's huge. Right, right. You gotta, yeah, understood, understood. My favorite all-time salad, if anyone cares, is the original Brown Derby Cobb salad where the the Brown Derby no longer exists except for maybe at MGM Studios is there still like a Brown Derby? But, but like no the idea. original Brown Derby restaurant in Los Angeles was like, literally shaped like a derby hat, right? Yep. Um and that's where the cob salad was invented. I've I am never so offended at people's modern interpretations of a cob salad. It offends me that when they're putting some corn in there or they're like, "Oh, I didn't have bacon. I just chopped up ham." No, fuck you. That's an insult. Oh, absolutely. And, not. and then they yeah, put by some the way, like just- Get the fuck out of here. Put some Did balsamic do- vinaigrette no. on it. No, no, no. What we make, we have a tradition of making the Cobb salad for our Christmas Eve dinner because like it's kind of, it's not light, but it's like, you know, it's not heavy winter food. And you know, you're about to eat like a big Christmas dinner the next day. So we make it on Christmas Eve and we usually have like shrimp cocktail and Cobb salad. But one year... We didn't get the Worcestershire sauce to make the dressing, the official Brown Derby dressing. And I sent Matt out on Christmas Eve to try to get uh, Worcestershire sauce and every store was closed. And then finally, because he's fucking sharp, that guy, he went into the place that was open, our local bar, and was like, can I have a little to-go container of Worcestershire sauce? I know you must have it for Bloody Marys. And they were like, sir take this entire bottle of Worcestershire sauce. Merry Christmas. And uh, 
And that Worcestershire sauce lasted us for 20 years because it okay. was Because that actually, my parents still have a bottle of Worcestershire <laughs> sauce in their <laughs> cabinet that is 20 years old. Okay. I'm now going to, I'm now going to tell you about this chopped salad that is an Arizona chopped salad that was at a restaurant that no longer exists. Um, but this is like the official like state salad of Arizona. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like the air it's Arizona's. There was one restaurant in old town Scottsdale that started it. Yeah. Okay. And this was like when I was probably in high school. Okay. And I'm going to read you the ingredients and you're going to think, no, you're going to think, no, I know you're going to think no. And I just want to tell you, that this is my favorite. This is my favorite salad on earth. Okay, I'm open. Okay. Here's what the Arizona chopped salad has: smoked salmon. I know, guys. I know we're already out. We think I'm already out. Just get in. Get in. Just stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> smoked salmon, arugula, couscous, tomatoes, freeze dried corn, pepitas, dried currants. Again, guys, I need you to look me in the eyes and stay with me. And a basil pesto creamy dressing. Wow. Now, I don't know why. <laughs> this salad is... Oh, and there's Asiago cheese. Okay. I do not know why. This is the greatest salad on earth. Wow. But when I tell you that I love it so much that I think about it a lot <laughs> and that I definitely could make it at home and I never have. Interesting. I just need you to know it's the best fucking salad of all time. Wow, I can't wow, remember the wow. name of it. I wonder if I text Emily right now. She'll remember. Because BB loved it too. And this was like, Emily was like a vegetarian and then would eat this salad. And she would just have like, eat a little fish and a What's little cheese. the name? <laughs> of the place that invented that one did never caught on like the cob i'm telling you something in arizona it is it's on different menus now really at different yes. restaurants yes but here's what i want to say is like you know what i'm glad it wasn't widespread because that seems like a salad that you could really improvise on and as i just stated i despise the improvisation on a cob salad and it makes I'm me want to have like words freeze, with a restaurant here's what i'm going to say the freeze dried corn almost impossible to find a key element to the success or failure of the Arizona chopped salad. Oh, interesting. I feel like freeze-dried corn would be like just like a fun snack to eat. By the way, it is. It's delicious. Haven't you ever had it? I don't think so. You must have. Probably. Occasionally I mean, they have maybe. it at TJ's. Sometimes okay. they have it at TJ's. Wait, Emily's Cowboy Chow. Cowboy, Cowboy Chow. Chow. Okay. Was the name of the restaurant. Okay. Cowboy Chow. Emily BB coming through. Of course. I never buy freeze-dried snacks because they're so light and I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Well, you know yeah. I mean, freeze-dried snacks. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I mean, yes. They, there's no physical 100%. weight to this $4 pouch of snacks. 
But I'm, like, I also just like, why haven't I invested in a food dehydrator at this point in my life? Did, did I ever tell you my idea of getting the food dehydrator and doing like gourmet earthquake meals and and saying like, for example, what's your favorite meal in Los Angeles besides like nachos? Just nachos. Okay. Like I would go to Petty Cash, buy like 10 things of nachos and dehydrate them for you so they'd last 20 years so you could have those nachos in the event of an earthquake in Los Angeles. But what do I redo? What do I, how do I rehydrate them? I don't know. We, that, that's part of what we'd have to figure out. That's why I think like, do you you eat them dehydrated? I mean, I don't know how dehydrated food works. It just I mean, I just like, like the berries and stuff. I like like the fruit. Yeah, it just, I just has think it like be- the water taken out of it. So yeah, dehydrated fruit works ideally. Have you ever had dehydrated candy? Like freeze-dried candy? Maybe. I just think, here's what I think it would be good for, the food dehydrator. Yeah. If I have fruit in our, in my like refrigerator that's about to go bad. Yeah. Right now I just freeze it. Right. But you know you what I would dehydrate. really like? You could. I would really like it dehydrated. Yeah, you could do and it. And I loved Ron Popeil back in the day. He was never yes. controversial, was he? I don't think so. I don't think he's ever been canceled, um, Ron Popeil. But I would like to point out if there are any people who are homesteaders or whatever that I do know Tuesday that preppers there's a difference between dehydration and freeze drying those are two Wait, different what is processes. the difference like dehydration just takes the water out of something so it can last but I don't think it ever gets the water all the way out freeze drying is some kind of like scientific process that I'm not I I'm not a hundred percent sure what's happening but it makes everything crispy like the it, it retains the okay, shape okay okay food dehydrator versus freeze dryer okay <laughs> dehydrators use low heat to remove about 80% of the water while freeze dryers cycle between heat cold and a vacuum to remove 95% of the water foods with a lower water content store better yeah and longer yeah so freeze drying is the ultimate like that if i had five thousand dollars to just <laughs> drop much, on a, say, a freeze dry machine you, yeah how much does a freeze dryer machine oh it is twenty eight hundred dollars yeah yeah and i would buy the deluxe one for five thousand dollars and then i would do like a very hollywood doomsday prepper chic menu of dishes from your favorite restaurants that you could then Freeze dry, keep on your shelves, put in your go bag for in your earthquake emergency kit. And then you can have like your favorite pork chop from jar if you have to like make a run for it. You know? I mean, okay. (laughs) I'm like, now I'm into this. (laughs) Now I want to get a, now I want to get a freeze dryer. Oh, my God. And people are like, I wonder why you're in debt, Busy. (laughs) My friend Noah uh, makes – he does everything. He really is like a homesteader. He's a manager, but he lives in Wisconsin. Um, Mm -hmm. And because he just likes to live that life in Wisconsin while still working with Hollywood creative type people. But he makes freeze-dried candy, I know. And and people always ask for it for a gift. They want freeze-dried like Starbursts and Skittles from him. 
Oh, I bet that's so good. Like crispy Starburst. But do you think that we could do dehydrated Starbursts? I don't think it would be the same. I don't think it does the same thing. Should we look on eBay? And see, I know on Facebook Marketplace, people sell freeze-dried candy all the time. And I'm like, what kind of state would I be in to order freeze-dried candy from a person on Facebook Marketplace? I'm not, listen, I'm not judging that. (laughs) I'm saying, is there a freeze-dryer? Yep, there is. There is. And and what's the... What's the cheapest we can get in to the biz? You know That's what I mean. That's a really good question. Twelve hundred dollars looks like <laughs> it looks like we're in. It looks like we're in for twelve hundred dollars, Casey. But what, how big is it? What can you freeze dry oh, in it? I found one for nine ninety and nine 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 hundred ninety nine and ninety nine cents from Alibaba.com. Have you ever no. tried to buy anything from Alibaba.com? I did actually once. Yeah, I tried and to it, buy a chair it and a it just never. I thought it was going to be like a miniature chair when it came and it just never did come. Wait, it never this came. thermo. This one is eight hundred dollars or best offer free local pickup. Thermo Savant Micro Modulolo Bench Type Cold Trap Freeze Dryer. Wow. All right. Oh, this one is $7,000. What? Come on, guys. That's too much. Even I know that. There's a really cute one that has like, you know, I'm a sucker for anything that has a round window, like a, like. Oh, yeah. No, these all have round windows. Babe. Yeah. So I there's there's a really wait, cute wait, wait. one. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. I just found one for $500. Oh, wait. Condition used for parts or repair. Hmm. That's mm. not, that doesn't bode well. That does Feels not. Feels like uh, that doesn't work. Is what I'm <laughs> We're <laughs> not mechanics. We're just pretty, pretty sure that fledgling one doomsday preppers. That one does not work. I'm not even a fledgling doomsday prepper. I'm just like, want to eat yummy food. You just want some freeze dried snacks. Wait, so the snacks, so what, I don't really want dehydrated fruit. I really want freeze-dried fruit. You want free, because you like the crispy, like yes. little fruit nuggets. Yes, that's what you want. Because the dehydrated is like, it's still like a little limp and chewy and, you know, that's how, remember when I said about that lady at the um, Elizabeth Arden Spa ate some potpourri? She ate a piece of potpourri <laughs> while I was <laughs> waiting for my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> she oh, she thought that was man. a dehydrated oh. apple, but it, and it was, but it was just in uh, a potpourri. Dish. I get it. I get it. <laughs> she was really chewing on that thing for a very. I mean, long it's literally time. like that's literally a bit that's like been in movies. Yeah, one hundred percent. But also, this lady one hundred percent did it at the Elizabeth Arden Red Door Spa in New York City. Ate a potpourri. She was very old. And I felt it would have been disrespectful to be like, hey, that's potpourri. So I just let her eat it. Um, I think you made the right call. Oh, my God. I had my athletic greens today, Casey, and I loved it. That's why you're so energetic. I know. It really, I swear to it, God, it, it makes is. a difference. It, it really makes a difference. It's crazy. Can I also tell you, I've been having like a couple days of like weird tummy problems. Uh huh. And I was like, what has been different? Like, what have I been doing? And then I was like, oops, I haven't been doing my AG1. So right. then I got the athletic greens. I was here. I mixed it up. I did my athletic greens. And not only have I had the most energy today that I have had in days, <laughs> 
But also like my stomach feels great and it's been feeling like a little wonky the last few days. And that's because with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, I got 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, including probiotics and adaptogens that helped to start my day right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus. It's like has anti-aging properties. It's like everything that you want. All well, it's the everything that, that you I want in one drink. And here's the thing. Like previously, I've always put it in smoothies, generally speaking. But today I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do. I'm just going to put it in the water and like use my little, um, what's it called? Whisk. Like, oh, like, your little whisker. Yeah. I used a little whisk and I whisked it up and it was like, honestly delicious, you guys. Yeah, like, it tastes good. Really good tasting. It's like, I, is it weird to say it's weird how good it tastes? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, but it's also lifestyle friendly because it's keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, all of those things. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes really good. Yeah. I, it's I like, mean, they say it's like a small micro habit that has big benefits. Just one little thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And, you know, we don't spend enough time taking care of ourselves. So I'm telling you guys, try it. Just try it. <laughs> try it for me. Try it for Casey right now. Yeah. Right now. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Especially because, like, everybody I know is coughing and has some kind of cold. It's one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements. Just one little scoop. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everly well, Everly well, Everly well. <laughs> That was know. good. That Listen, was very heartfelt. I know it was heartfelt because sometimes people are like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I like have all these weird symptoms. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what doctor to go to. I don't know what to do. And everything costs too much money. Right. So what is your answer to that, Casey? Check out EverlyWell. They have a number of health tests, but in particular, the EverlyWell Women's Health Test measures 11 biomarkers known to play a role in your overall health and wellness and checks for any abnormal levels that may be keeping you from feeling your best. That's simple answer. Right. right. It is a simple answer. It's a digital healthcare designed for you at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you're able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers that you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test, for instance. Yes. Everlywell also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health because there's a variety of options, vitamin D3, omega-3 fish oil. But here's how it works. 
to take your at-home lab test, you collect your sample and you use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or your device in days, guys. Days. You can obviously share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps, but then you have the answers. You got the information. It is so simple. Over a million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals. And honestly, you should too. It's so easy and so frequently like I'm like, what is this symptom? What is this? And then you like do this Everly Well test it's and it's kind of fun. I took the food sensitivity test yeah. and it confirmed a lot of things that I Me thought. Too. And then also like there were some surprises on there. So it's just interesting to know your body better and to have that scientifically it's confirmed useful. with Everly Well. Yeah, it's very useful. useful. It's very, very useful. And listen, for listeners of this show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash best. That's everlywell.com slash best for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash best. Can I tell you the craziest thing that happened to me? Like truly the craziest thing. What? Yes. I put it on Instagram so you may have seen it, but... So the other night, first of all, I have a new best friend and I'm just going to need you to get on board because we're best friends and it's fine. I love her. Is it her? Yeah. Okay. Jen Tulock. Love her. And she's on the TV show Severance. Love that show. She's the sister. The sister. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We met at the Apple store. Okay. (laughs) Like all best friendships? Like all best friendships start. And we weirdly were just like chit-chatting for way too long. And then I was like, we should be friends. And she was like, great. I'm here to work. I'm back (laughs) here to work. I need friends. And I'm like, fantastic. It's me. And so then we become friends. And... We love each other. And the other night, I was like, okay, so you know the band Broken Social Scene? Yes. And you know how much I love them? Yes. And do you know that I know them kind of? I, yes, I think I okay. did know I mean, that, I yeah. know everyone, guys, yeah. let's be real. But I met, we met Broken Social Scene, Mark and I met Broken Social Scene, the band, people in the band, a bazillion years ago, they were opening for Block Party at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It's probably like 17 years ago. Not a joke. I don't even think, Mark and I weren't married. We were just dating. Wow. And we had a friend, Scott Speedman, no big deal, who... (laughs) Knew one of the guys from the band from Toronto. So like after the show, we went backstage and then Kevin Drew from the band, who's like, you know who Kevin Drew, he's like the lead singer, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like, again, became best friends that night and literally 
the night ended with us getting kicked out of the Greek theater because Kevin and I and like and then Mark and like other people, we climbed onto the roof of the Greek theater. Wow. Which like through a. I was going to say an escape pod, but that's not what it's called. It's a... An escape hatch? Fire, like an, like a fire, like a high... Yeah, like an escape hatch for like fire people. Okay. Fire escape. A fire escape? How about a fire escape, guys? Let's yeah, take fire uh, escape. But like, but you know, like a hatch in the ceiling yeah, yeah. with a fire escape ladder that we like illegally <laughs> right, pulled down sure. and then we climbed up and we were like on the fucking roof of the Greek theater like all of us drunk having the time of our damn fucking young ass lives in our <laughs> 20s most of us not Mark you know obviously um sorry Mark no shade uh but anyway I he just had the knees to climb up there despite his you know what thank god thank yeah. even though he was all of 30 four years old he was still able um he was still able to do it but so anyway so we've like known them for years and mark and kev actually are like tighter bros like i'm you know that's also like not not necessarily my journey to be like bros with a with rock stars like i know that seems like well i don't know like i whatever it doesn't matter yeah i'm not it just mark and kev are friends so it was the 20-year anniversary of You Forgot It and People, which is, like, my favorite, one of my favorite albums of theirs, and I love them so much. And they were coming, they are playing two nights at Webster Hall, and for Mark and I, this is, like, the part of our divorce that is, like, really hard. Right. And, like, really weird. Right. You know? Yeah. Like. Who gets custody of broken social scene? Kind of that, but not, but not that, like, more just, like we go without each other, right? I guess right. is the yeah. appropriate thing to do. Like we shouldn't like, there's like this, it's, this is actually really complicated. Like, yeah. You know, do we have this experience, an experience that we like have had together, but we're not, we don't continue to have what, how do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a little tricky, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, So one of our good friends, oh, Gail Simmons' husband, Jeremy. Yeah. Who, you know, they're also from Toronto, famously. Famously. Uh, Jer was like, had reached out to Mark and was like, I, I'm going to go to, we're going to go to, I'm going to go to Brochon, not Gail, because Gail's working or something this weekend. Like, I'm going to Broken Social Scene. I want to go on the second night. Do you want to come? Is it weird? Like, is it weird? And Mark had been talking to Kevin and he was like, oh my God, no fucking way. Best friend Jen just texted me. <gasps> wow. Guys, guys, her ears were burning. <laughs> um, I have to text right back. Yeah, of course. You don't, you gotta. Because, you know, it's a new friendship. I have to cultivate this shit. Yes. And then she has to listen to like literally three hours of our podcast to hear me talk about her. (laughs) So then Mark was like, okay, so why don't I go, I'll go the second night with Jer and you can go the first night. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I, who am I? And then I texted best new best friend, Jen. And I was like, please tell me you're back in town. Cause she was in LA doing the L word. Yeah. Um, I'm like, please tell me you're back in town 
for Saturday night because, and you're coming with me to Broken Social Scene at Webster Hall for the 20 year, like the 20 year anniversary of love, you know, of um, you forgot it and people. And then her response was just like, if they play lover spit, I will sob uncontrollably. And then I wrote back like, this is perfect. Like this is like actually exact. Cause I was like, cause when they play, anthems of a 17 year old girl I am gonna lose my shit because it's like literally my favorite song of all time so anywho in order to sort of like try to make things whatever I just was like Jen and I were like just chatting about it DMing or like text not DMing texting leading up to it and we're like we need to we need to like go out to dinner. We need to like dress up. Like we need to like make this a new experience. You know yeah. what I mean? For yeah. me. So we like decided to go to this, like one of my favorite fucking restaurants here that I haven't been to literally since we moved here. I haven't been to Four oh. Charles, um, but I love it. And they have this like French dip sandwich, Casey. I swear to God. <laughs> It's like everything you need in life. I love it. It's so fucking good. So anyway, we get a reservation at Fort Charles. We're like deciding to wear cute outfits. We're going to microdose. It's like all (laughs) happening. We go and we have our martinis and we're laughing and telling stories and we're having the best time. And we go to the show and like... Mark had texted me because I don't even have, I'm like not like Mark texts with Kevin. Like I don't have his number in my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Mark was like, Kevin says there's like a VIP section that you should go stand in, blah, 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 blah in the balcony. So we go and like we were dancing and fucking having the time of our damn lives up there in our little area. And it was so fun. And their band also like, you know, I saw the Shins 20th anniversary thing. It is funny. Like, guys, we are old. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it happened. Like, we are not the kids any longer. But we are not old like old people used to be old. We just aren't. <laughs> no. We just aren't. And it's, like, true every time someone posts the, like, this is how old fucking Rue McClanahan was when she started. Like, I am Rue McClanahan. You know yes. what I mean? And yeah. like, I am a vibrant, like, full of life. And so was she. But like the way, the lens with which society like viewed her back then, it's just fucking different. And watching these guys who have been like all such like, tight friends for so long and you know like feisty used to be uh leslie feist used to be in the band and like they've had people from the band that have like come and they'll come back and they've gone and then amy from the band stars you know that i love the band it's also a toronto band yeah. but they're like very close with broken social scene guys if you read my book the very first quote in the book that starts the book is a quote from the band stars, which is when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. So, so she came out and was doing like the girls, like the feist parts for the whole set, which was like already I'm in fucking heaven. You know what I mean? And Jen and I are dancing and we were just like having our 
own experience. And it was different. It was different for me, but it was like fun and good. And I was having like a really great time. And then the show was almost over. And then Kevin was like, came up to the center microphone because he like plays keyboards and then he comes out and sings lead and then he goes back to like he does whatever the song call he plays guitar they all play like a million instruments it's like crazy talent all those guys and gals guys and gals i'm saying guys but you know i mean the i mean the colloquial royal the the royal royal guys guys. i mean the band (laughs) yeah um comes out and then he's like hey listen i gotta say this uh just before we like leave here uh you know what actually i don't even know if she showed up tonight but like is busy fellows here at webster fucking hall like in front of thousands of people and you guys you know that i'm like the weirdest and all fucking extroverts say this shit where they're like i'm really an introvert but like i'm not an introvert but i really am afraid of being in front of a ton of people. Right. Like that is actually true. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm, I am an extrovert, but I, but I am, I'm, but I have stage fright. Like, and I don't, and I don't love like full blown spotlight on me attention that I didn't know was about to happen. Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, also I'm on mushrooms and stoned and drunk on my martinis but also having the greatest time of my life and not too fucked up i don't think anyway (laughs) maybe we'll see um no i did i did see because some people had recorded it but anyway and then he launches and then i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and then amy saw me and like pointed and he was like oh my god jimmy busy's here and then he goes into this like full fucking like it felt like five minutes of my life. I'm sure it was 45 seconds, but he just like goes on this whole rant about how I had met them. However many, you know, like a million years ago at the Greek, like that I'm such like a supporter of indie music and I'm a supporter of musicians and supporter of artists, but not just that, like I'm just a supporter of people and like, the nicest fucking, I felt like it was like a toast at my wedding that I never had. Like I never Aww. had any toasts at my wedding. Yeah. But I felt like it was like the craziest, nicest. And he was like, he's fight. She's fighting for you every fucking day for your bodily rights. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Like it was just so wild. Like I couldn't. And he's like, so we all want to just dedicate this song to her because we know how much she loves it and what it means to her. And then they started playing anthems of a 17-year-old girl. And I like was like laugh, sob, crying, dancing. It was like amazing. And then Amy fucked it up because like they'd never even practiced it, I guess. Yeah. Like before sound check. Like they didn't even have a sound check. Or I don't know what, I couldn't really, whatever. I think that's what he said. But anyway, I could be wrong. But she kind of like messed up the lyrics or something. So then, and then, so then he was like, wait, wait, wait. And he's like, he's back behind the keyboards at this point. Yeah. And he comes back around and he's like, okay, let's just like, we're just going to start over. Okay. So it was like, is Busy Phillips here? And then, da, 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 and we love Busy <laughs> Phillips. And like does this whole thing like again. And then I was like, oh my God. And then they started again and they played it. And it was truly like, I can't even explain surreal and like one of the best weirdest 
weirdest fucking best moments of my life. And I had like a moment afterwards and I was just like, oh, should I text Mark, you know, and tell yeah. him about it? Or is that weird? And then I did, I was like, it's not weird. Like, this is what we are doing, you know? Like, mm -hmm. we're friends, we're good. So I texted him and he was like, I can't believe I'm not there. And I was like, I know it is really fucking weird sometimes, but also it's okay. And he's like, I know, but still, I'm like, I know it's weird. He's like, all right, Birdie's already asking when you're coming home. I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and uh, and then afterwards, like, Jen and I hung out. And then we, like, hung out with, Kev like, said hi to Kevin and some other people. And, oh, my God, there was a guy there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. After the show who came up to me and was like, this is going to sound really weird. You're busy Phillips, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I used to live in your neighborhood. My, my, uh, t my, uh, friend was murdered in my house. And I was like, oh my God, you're the guy whose friend was murdered in his house. Do you remember the whole story? Did yes. we talk about it on the podcast? Yeah. We did, right? I think so. A little bit. Yeah. Guys, years ago when Sam Pancake was still living in my guest house. So this was, we were doing busy tonight, right? I think it was Weren't before. We? I think it was before right before, then. like the summer before. Maybe, yeah. Because it was like, I think it was 2019. Yeah, maybe. Um, I didn't know him. He he lived like, he lived like around. He wasn't like a, a like an immediate neighbor. He lived like in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. But the murderer had come to my house earlier that night, and we were at you won't believe it, petty cash. Right. Eating nachos. But Sam Pancake was home with his friend watching RuPaul's Drag Race and like jumped out of his bedroom window and like stopped the guy on the steps yeah. of my front walk and was like, what are you doing? Hey, let's go down. And anyway, Sam like gently ushered him out of my house and like shut the gate behind so that the guy couldn't get back up and then gave right. him like a bottle of water right and and sent him on his way and then he ended up ugh, brutally murdering well brutally is there any other kind of murder i guess all murders are brutal yes. yes he ended up murdering a man who was staying in this guy's house ugh. in my neighborhood and then they figured out who it was because of the DNA they collected from the water bottle that Sam Pancake gave him. Oh, my god! And so Sam ended up having to testify. And, like, it was just, like, a whole crazy story. Right. And then this right. guy was randomly at the fucking concert and came up to me afterwards and was just like, hey, I know this is weird. We're connected through this horrible thing that happened. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's okay. Yeah, it's wild. And I was like, what a weird thing. Also, I'm like, did he need to come up to me and tell me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I me, Yeah, I mean, I guess. He, it probably felt as surreal to him as it did to you. I guess to, that's like, true. Run into you, 
uh, in New York so far I guess away that's from true. where I guess this, that's true. this tragedy happened. But um, I know it's not crazy. Goodness. Yeah. It's just, it's, well, it's so, yeah. It's so strange. So all in all, a surreal. The night was highs, lows, and literally everything in between. Aww, but I'm so glad you got a shout out from the band. And it was like a toast to you. And you deserve that. You deserve to be recognized. For- I, but just, I just don't feel like I mean, that's so nice. Like for you to even say that. And I appreciate it. And like, obviously the people listening to this podcast are like, yeah, fucking right on because they listen to this fucking podcast. So obviously they yeah. feel that way about me. But like, it is hard. I don't, you know, it's hard to like, I don't know. It's hard for me to feel that way about myself ever. And it's hard for me to like feel that other people see it. Other people who I admire and love and like have respected for years and like their music has like gotten me through all the shit. You know what I mean? It just was like, it was very, it was very special. Well, I'm glad that you got that recognition. Like, you know, it's nice to be recognized. It's nice to be recognized for the things that you do, even if you do them all without expectation of recognition or acknowledgement. Um, it is just nice to have somebody else say like, hey, I see what you're doing and I see who you are and I dig it. And like you deserve a round of applause for that. And uh, a lot of people deserve that. And I'm glad you got that because... You know, um, I think it is something that you will remember and like maybe, I don't know, maybe you should write down on a piece of paper what he said. And next time you're feeling terrible, go back and read it or whatever, because it's just nice and it's true. He was just being honest. And then Mark went the next night and he got to see Meryl Streep and Tracy Ullman sing that song, right? Which... Then I was like, that's the button to the story, which is like, <laughs> then, then like fucking Mark goes and he texts me from the show and I'm with the kids and we were decorating for Halloween and so fun. I'm having a great time. And then he texts me like Meryl Streep is here. And I'm like, that's weird. And I was like, maybe I literally said, maybe she knows Kevin through Tracy Ullman because he and Tracy, I know have been like I think they dated for a while. Okay. I don't think they I don't think they still date, but like I right, think they did. Right. Um anyway <laughs> when I found out that they got on stage and fucking sang that song, I was like, all right, get the fuck out of here. You know what? You know what? All right, you win. Oh Whatever, Mark. That's hilarious. I I wanna say I want to say that Meryl Streep is also a fan of the Scissor Sisters. I don't know if that's true, but that sticks well, in Jake my Shears mind. Well, Jake Shears is like very much in the in the in the world because he's really good friends with um, Kelly Ripa. Like they're yeah. like best friends. Yeah. Right? Well, a- Andy Cohen is really good friends with Jake oh, right. Shears, and and uh, obviously, like wherever Andy goes, uh, Kelly is often in the same there. place. So it makes sense. But I feel like. Meryl Streep is a fan of the Scissor Sisters, but I don't know that to be true, and I can't confirm it. But that is popping up in my mind um, that 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 is true. And so she she's got an ear. She's got an ear for for some good jams. I can't fucking believe she sang that song. I'm like dying. <laughs> 
everybody was going on about those two shows online and Matt was excited that you were there and saw that you got a shout out. So he's the person that actually showed it to me, I think. It really was like very, very out of body. Like, yeah, it was just such an intense, unique experience. Oh All right. My goodness. Should so anyway, to- yes. Well, I feel like should we get to Nora and then we just say goodbye? Let's get to Nora and then maybe we'll say what we did our best at yeah, real that's quick. Right, that's and right. then, you know, like wh- whatever. We're, it's okay. But yeah, it's getting dark there. It's pro- it's almost your bedtime, I'm sure. I know. And I have to pack and go to work and all that yeah. shit. Okay. Um, so. Guys, we're so lucky to have someone that we've been wanting to have on this podcast since the podcast started. I've been lucky enough to be a guest on her podcast. Nora McInerney who is the host of Terrible, Thanks for Asking. And her new book is called Bad Vibes Only. It's available now. Please get it. Please welcome our guest, Nora McInerney. Woo, I feel like there should be applause now. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Foria, 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 Foria. Oh my God, you guys, do you need to talk about, do we need to even talk about how amazing mind-blowing sex you're going to have when you use <laughs> Foria? I don't think so. I don't think we even need to do this ad because I think you know. You must Foria know. is the greatest. <laughs> Foria has changed how people experience sex and pleasure and orgasm with their Awaken arousal oil and their sex oil. It is like a wave that you ride to ultimate pleasure. Yeah. We keep talking about how the holidays are coming. I mean. Yeah. Let's get those holidays coming, guys. (laughs) Let's get them coming. Get yourself a gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Solo or with a partner, it don't matter. Foria is here For you, using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. A lot of people get like vaginal dryness or like they're like after kids, they're like, it's uncomfortable. You couple squirts of this stuff. And let me tell you something. It's going to be smooth sailing for you (laughs) and lots of orgasms. Yeah. And don't just take our word for it. It, Foria is one of the best reviewed products that we've ever advertised on the podcast. I'm going to say in the world. I'm going to say in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the reviews are endlessly informative and entertaining. Entertaining. And, you know, might even get you like a little heated up. Listen, the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil are the perfect combination for peak pleasure. We highly, highly recommend it. So yes, you have our permission to try it. We fully endorse you to go ahead, treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start right now with a couple bottles of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at the checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. We recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us. 
Rockin' money, burning out the fuse up there alone. Rocket money. Rocket money used to be known as True Bill. <laughs> That's my favorite one in a long time. You're welcome, Rocket Money. <laughs> Rocket Money, formerly known as True Bill. Guys, here's the deal. I transferred, like, I switched over business managers and simultaneously used Rocket Money. And I found so many hidden charges that I was being charged for monthly. Things that were, like, literally bonkers. Subscriptions to, no joke, like, preschool, like, counting apps that I had had on some Pot, like some iPad from yesteryear that I was paying like five ninety nine a month in perpetuity right. on. Right. And Rocket Money was like, hey, actually, um, hey, is this a thing that you still need to be paying for? Your children are legitimately in college. Oh you know my what I mean? gosh. Well, you're not anyway, alone. 80% I'm not of people alone. have subscriptions they forgot about. Oh, I forgot about all of them, basically. <laughs> And you know what it is? It's just wasting money. It's wasting money. And maybe, maybe you are a person who is just independently wealthy and can afford this, this wasted money, but I am not. And that is why Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, has come into my life and really saved my hide. I got to say. Yeah. I really appreciate the heads up that I get from Rocket Money just saying, hey, you have a big bill coming because it knows when my mortgage is due and it gives me a little bit of a warning so that I can adjust my spending behavior accordingly. It's so great because the app shows all of your subscriptions in one place, cancels what you don't want for you, shows you things like, yes, big bills that are coming up, what have you, and you can budget better. I mean- on the subscription note, Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were still paying for, like me. Anyway, and help you cancel them just with like the push of a button. Right, because sometimes it's so hard to cancel them. I mean, honestly, right. they try to make it difficult on purpose, you know? I highly recommend Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Guys, go to rocketmoney.com best. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year or thousands if you're me. That's <laughs> rocketmoney.com slash best. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash best. Hi, Nora. Hold okay. On. Will it use my little headphones? Oh, I didn't plug them in. Hold on. <laughs> okay, now... Can you hear me now? Yes. There we go. That's great. That's great. We did it. We did it. Three women in STEM. Here we go. (laughs) We really did it. We really did it. Professional podcasters all. Only been only been doing this for six years. Only been using Zoom for, you know, three. Yeah. So fuck. Every single time. (laughs) Every It's true though. It's like every time same. Same. Like like I break into a sweat. (laughs) Like my heart rate is like. Oh. You're all right. You did it. We did it. Nora. Oh, busy. It's so good to see your face. It's so good to see your face. And you know Casey. Yes. I know Casey. 
We've known each other a long time. My friend Gigi I imagine. works with, with Nora. Yeah. So I've, I feel like I've been just loving you guys for a long time. And then on, on terrible. Thanks for asking on that Gigi's one. Gigi's the merch queen. Yeah. G- Gigi's Ooh. our merch queen. I think that's how you two met because she's like a huge Prince fan and she's done yes. like a bunch of like Prince merch. And then like, as we were leaving LA, I was like, oh no, did I tell Casey we were doing a show in LA? Cause Gigi was at our, at our LA show. Oh, she Slinging was. Merch. Shoot. I missed her. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. That's okay. and yeah. She like left after the West coast. She was like, I'm more of like a chill person. And like, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. Going to a new place every day is just like, not for me. Yeah. But anyway, let's uh, let's introduce you and get this shit started. So, because you have a show at eight p.m. at eight right. p.m. Eastern. Okay. But yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we have got some time before that <laughs> we do. We do. happens. Um, Nora McInerney. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Like first time. Damn. No, I've been practicing <laughs> before you got on here. <laughs> Nora McInerney is uh, an amazing author and podcast podcast host. A podcast host. Oh my god, you guys, what's wrong with me? I swear I didn't take mushrooms today. I really didn't. I didn't. It's but, okay. I mean, I probably would be better if I did. Um, and uh, you've written how many books? Seventeen. How many books do you have now? No, this is this is my fifth book. This fifth. is my fifth book. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of fucking books. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, it really um, is. It really is. <laughs> It's uh, it's an incredible new book yeah. of personal essays called Bad Vibes Only, which I love. I love <laughs> the book. And because um, you've been on Nora's podcast, Terrible, terrible Thanks for Asking. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I have. Yes. I loved being on your show. And in fact, when my show, when this, when we started our podcast, one of my friends who's a real podcast aficionado yeah. was like, have you been listening to podcasts in preparation for yours? And I said, no. <laughs> and she said, well, might I recommend one? Terrible. Oh. Thanks for asking. So it was literally the only podcast that was recommended to me before I started mine. I didn't listen to it until after, but. I respect that. I do. I when do. I was going to be on it. I listened to yeah. it when I was going to be on it. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> and that. And not yeah. my episode before. Yeah. Okay. I, I appreciate that because honestly, sometimes I think, um, over preparing or I don't know, like when people are like, well, before you do this, you should ingest everything similar to why? what you, no, I, why no. would you do that? Why? No, no just make the thing that, that you, you want to make. make. Yeah. Oh that great. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Well, I don't, know. I don't know what just happened. You just turned your you. camera off, but we can hear you. <laughs> uh, it said host stopped my video. So I don't know Casey, what I did. Casey. No, Casey I'm, did it. I haven't done this to you. Casey, Wait, you but stopped let me see her video. If I can turn it back on. Um, Casey was like, I've had enough. I don't want to see your face. Just, I'm turning mine off. Wait, now. we'll all turn our video. No, I don't like that at all. Yeah, it says unable to start video. You can't start your video because the host has stopped it. This Casey, is bizarre. It, it feels doing? personal. It does. it does feel personal. I don't this is know so what's rude. happening. How do I well, turn it back You're the on only one that's the host. Video. Okay, there okay, you go. Start my video. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh, okay. God. That was so weird. I I apologize. I was just trying to turn you up a little bit so I could hear oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, better. I can turn the my gain up. Is that All better? Right. Oh, that's yeah. better. Yeah. There okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Um. So how's the tour going? Wait, you're Good. so you're in this book tour for Bad Vibes only. Yep. Are yep. you in the middle of it? 
I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. I left my house October 6th and I won't go back until October 29th. (gasps) And every day is a different city. And when I was doing it, I did it with all the enthusiasm of a woman with ADHD who cannot (laughs) conceive of the future. You know, I was like, yes, add another, add another. Great, 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 great. And it is wonderful, but literally I like... I don't know how people do this like for their entire lives because yeah. I got off a plane and went to the baggage carousel and I was like, oh no, I don't know where I came from. Like, yes. I don't know. You need that information to find your bag. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So, so we're, we're in DC today. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I was going to say, I was also just going <laughs> to no. say this and guys at home, no. if you're not familiar with Nora and... Nora is a person who is very open with um, her life and including like a lot of the things that have been really difficult, including the death of your beloved husband, first husband, and your father who died very close together. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're, you have written about having a miscarriage yeah. before and uh, you talk about all of these things and the complexities of grief grief and all of those things. And I'm bringing this up to say that it is a different animal, Nora, to go on a book tour and meet and greet with fans when you're a person who is writing, let's say, romance books. (laughs) Right. And a person who's really bared their soul in so many ways for so many years and people really feel like not only do they intimately know you but they have their own traumas and grief that they want to share with you I'm sure and I know that it's it must be at times like emotionally really overwhelming how do you kind of like yeah deal with it Oh, very not well. Yeah. Not well. I was, <laughs> you know, Great. seven Same. years in, I think better than I did before. Like somebody reminded me, which I have no memory of doing, but I believe happened. They're like, oh yeah, one time you came to Boston, you just had everybody come to your hotel room. I was like, I did what? Uh, like, that's, that's insane. I did that. Like, I mean, I would like give people my personal phone number. You know, I would like, I don't know. I just, I do, I think I do better at it now than I did before. But uh, like I cried on stage last night. It was like the fifth show. I hadn't cried on any of the stages and I cried last night. And I was like, oof, okay. Don't know what's going on. Um, But yeah, it is, it is different, but I know that happens to you too, right? Like when people meet you, they're like, I cannot wait. Like I've been waiting to tell you, I've been waiting to tell you what happened to me when I was 14. And it's like, okay. And sometimes you're ready to hold that. And sometimes you're like just scrolling Instagram, hoping to get like some dopamine and that plops into your, you know, into your screen. And you're like, I was not ready for that. So, um, yeah, I would say not well, I would say I'm not, I I'm handling it better, but historically I've done a poor job of it. And this book is like my least sad book. I would say that too. Yeah. I mean, I've I've read most of it and I like, yeah, it's really kind of enjoyable. You know, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I thought it and was when kind people of like, come to the show, I was like, uh, they're like, oh, I'm like ready to cry. I was like, oh, you might not. Like, it's oh. mostly just like funny. Sorry. Like, oh, but then you did cry. I thought it was yeah, kind of I funny did. that you um, mentioned on Instagram that you actually, this is sort of like a hybrid of like book tour and like live podcast tour, yeah. right? Uh, You're doing yeah. both. But yeah. I thought it was very funny that you didn't pack the book. And I thought that I was like maybe a little book. Freudian. Maybe you were just like. <laughs> 
I had to buy, I had to pay full price. That's she had to buy her own book at one hilarious. of her events to what? read from it. I, I actually like, feel, I feel like that I relate to that deeply. I feel like that is definitely something I would have done. Like, like walked into the bookstore, like, what is the plan? <laughs> right. So you, you have one for me that I can yeah. read from, right? Is that? No. Okay. No. Well, no. Oh my gosh. I, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, if that happened to me, I think I would have been too cheap to buy the book from my own self. And I was trying to think of like, would I have gotten someone to send me a PDF or would I well, have you like, would have, yeah. you probably have a PDF on your computer, right? Yeah, I'm not a quick thinker is the thing <laughs> right, about right. me. I am a slow, <laughs> right, right, right. slow thinker. Right. I was like, I do have a PDF. Yeah, I have a PDF. I, you were, you were yeah. also trying to do like the easiest, fastest thing in that it moment is. when you realize. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, just like, I oh. never do anything the easy way. And I'm like, I would be no. getting like a friend to photograph the pages and text them to me. <laughs> anything to avoid spending that money on my own book. Well, like, like my husband's at home with all the kids. And if he wasn't like just about to like fully snap, like right. from just like pressure, I would have. I would have been like going to my office, find the book that's like it's <laughs> under a pile. At what pile? It's under, I don't know, like it's either near the computer or far away from it. And like oh, can yeah, your husband find pictures. things? Is he a guy that can find things? He can find anything. It's like he oh, his brain is great. the opposite, uh, opposite. It's the, opposite. the exact the opposite of mine. He knows where everything is at all times. Like and even I can go into like, he has one drawer in our bathroom and I know exactly where he would put the nail clipper. It makes sense. But like, if I say, go find me my nail clipper, he's like, I knew it would be uh, in a jewelry box like <laughs> underneath <laughs> a pile of sweaters. Like, God, he's I like, I just got to think like, like a stupid squirrel and I will <sighs> find your thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I am a little Aww. bit of stupid squirrel too. I mean, it's the ADD, I guess, yeah. right? It's the ADHD. I think it is. It is. Did it's you like get your Ad- Are you on Adderall? Are you on Vitamins? I am on Adderall. Did you, have, you, Adderall. Did you, have you experienced the shortage? I have not because I forget to take it most of the time and oh, keep it in little squirrel stashes. <laughs> and so you have like my you have cord bag, like a lifetime supply because you never take it. I was like, give it to another girl. I'm fine. Like <laughs> I, I've got enough. I've got you know, enough. If there's a shortage, the way, make hilarious. sure someone else gets it. Cause <laughs> yeah. And I even like put it in like a little pill dish by my computer with like a note that says, take me. I'm like, maybe it was from yesterday though. Like maybe I already took it today. So. I had to, until, I mean, my Ugh. game changer was just literally the like old school Monday through Friday <laughs> pill box. Right. If yeah. I don't have that, I yeah. don't know if I've taken yeah. it or not yeah. taken it. It Busy, has do you remember to go in that box. When you yeah. first got on the medication yes. and I was like, I was trying to explain to Busy how like from my perspective, it has worked in my family. And so I was yeah. like, you need the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just like the fun underwear, but for pills. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then also you need to like portion out like maybe – two pills and keep it in like a little something in your, in your car purse or your or car your so that yeah. you have it. If you forgot to take it back at your house, you have a little yeah. something, but yeah. you can see how like dividing it up like that when you have, you know, you can get into, into squirrel territory. Yeah, into squirrel You're, territory. Yeah. yeah. Which yes. busy when you said like you were less depressed once you got on. Yeah. I was like, oh, no shit. And I had a doctor say that to me. He was like, well, yeah, like you don't hate yourself as much when you're like operating. Yeah. When your executive functions are working the way that 
like people not no- yeah. not, not normal, but you know, but you know, mean. whatever the word, well, whatever the t- new word for I normal guess, is. Yeah, okay. typical. typical. Like, they just mean normal. They just mean normal. <laughs> just, I know. Just I, know. Um, I don't mind it. Like, I mean, my brain is not normal. Let's I'm, be real. It's not. It's not. And to so, strength in a lot of ways. And yeah, also in a lot sure. of ways, I'm like, oh, no wonder so many people hated me. Right. Like, oh, God. I was yeah. going to ask you, you know, you said it's a strength in a lot of ways. Do you? Is there anything yeah. about having ADD or ADHD? And like, sometimes I wonder if I'm undiagnosed, like ADD, not ADHD, certainly, but ADD, um, just from the amount of like beverages on my bedside table, like just that I feel like is like, I mean, that's the biggest joke in my household, you know, (laughs) is that I was like the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs. I don't know if you guys (laughs) remember that movie where it was like there was some like weirdo plot point of like cups of water all over the house. Yeah, the the little little girl was was, like leaving all that. And I am that little girl. And there are cups of like full cups of water in every room on every surface all the time. Not so yes. much anymore, but yeah. Cups are like um, a thing. Yeah. And cup denial is a huge thing too. Everyone not my in cup. my house is like that. I did not leave those seven cups there. When we moved to the West Coast, it, my husband, my younger son and myself and my older son stayed on the East Coast and he stayed in like our family home for a while until my friend Heather, who's like an adult uh person who works in politics moved in and it was the funniest sitcom ever like an adult <laughs> oh that's so cute. lady in politics and my 19 year old son living in our house but one time he called and he was like you know I need to talk to Lincoln because I owe him an apology and I was like what do you mean and he was like because I'm alone in this house and now that now I know I'm the one with all the cups and he was policing my cup usage and I was denying it the whole time. But now I can't deny it. I can't blame it on anyone else. And I owe him an apology for every time I was like, those aren't my cups. You were gaslighting Lincoln. Who would do that to Lincoln? Poor guy. But his brother. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I honestly think like, I honestly think like he didn't know until there was no other you know what I mean like this is also a kid where I'd be like did you get the mail today because like the mail never came and like he'd be like no I never got the mail I never looked in the mailbox and then I would like find the mail in his like upper bunk of his bunk bed or something and he was like doing a helpful thing it's a lot it's a lot but what I was gonna ask is like do what do you guys like about having ADD is there anything Mm -hmm. likable about it to you I'm an ideas girl. Okay. I will start anything. Like if if today you were like, we need like 15 marketing ideas for the podcast, like call me, I will, I will be able to (laughs) crank them all out. Yeah. Like, well, I can't, I won't follow through on any of it, but I will, (laughs) I will get anything started. I can start anything. Me too. I really can. I often think like if someone had the foresight to like come to me with a a team yeah, and like money and I could just like tell them all the things and they could go do all the things like it would be very successful and we're sitting on billion dollar ideas here yeah that's what I'm saying like first of all Casey on our podcast alone when I'm like in a 
in yeah. a in a zone in a spiral. Whatever, it's not a really a spiral, yeah. an upward spiral, an a upper, tornado. A, a t- well, yeah, something. Well, it's kind of like a, a tornado. tornado. Seems, yeah, yeah. No, it's a little bit like a tornado. But like when yeah. I'm in one of those things, and I'm like. Scholastic book fair for adults. We're yeah. gonna do a camp. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like these are fucking great ideas that great honestly ideas. could yeah. make a f- gazillion dollars or doll hair no, dollars <laughs> doll hair. But like, or it could like just make people happy, or just yeah. or even make people happy. But I would love that. All the movie ideas I've had over the years, my god, if I've sold those. Come on. I've got so many. I need somebody to be there like right when I'm falling asleep when I'm like, I got it. <laughs> like, oh no, God. I know. I know what it is. I've got like, yeah, I've got several crazy folders on my computer and on my phone that are like ideas. And sometimes the sentence is, I can go back and they will make sense. And sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Nora, cool. Famously, I told this story oh. on the podcast that like I do keep a notebook, but because sometimes I'll be so sleepy, I can't even open my phone and the notes yeah. app to. So I do keep a notebook by my bed. And one night, just as I was about to fall asleep, I wrote down the most brilliant idea that I ever had and went to sleep with like the most peace I've ever felt in my life that I had an idea that was going to change the world in the morning. And when I woke up in the morning and read it, it said nut restaurant. <laughs> that was my I biggest. Mean, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I don't even know. What does that even mean? Though? I don't know. But I don't- maybe if we figured it out. <laughs> Is it for just an allergen full restaurant? Just a nut <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Fuck your allergies. Fuck the fact that you only eat four nuts at a time and it costs about maybe four cents for those four nuts. But other than that, it's a great business idea that I had right before I really fell asleep funny. one night. Nuts. <laughs> just nuts. How do you write? Are you are you like a you're obviously though a prolific um, writer though? Five books is not a it's no small feat. Yeah. I mean, well, th- three of them were about myself. So. Right. Well, <laughs> to be fair, you know, you I know. get that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I've just been writing since I was like, since I figured out how to write, even with a pencil. Um, I've just been like writing, 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 keeping journals, keeping like extensive journals, writing down thoughts, writing down sentences. Um Writing down a sentence that I know will start a chapter of something someday, but I don't yeah. know what it is. Collecting titles for things. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of am always doing it. And then I mm-hmm. don't know what it will be until it becomes something. And right. I mean, before it was like books, it was just like a bunch of shitty blogs all over the internet that only I read. <laughs> so, you know, where I was like, you know who needs to know how I feel about leggings? Me. <laughs> and if my mom clicks this link, maybe she'll she will find know out too. too. She will okay. know too. Oh my okay. gosh. I was early on to the take that they are pants. I was early oh, on, like, yeah, they're okay. pants. Yeah, they're Interesting. Pants. How they're do you feel? Pants. How did you feel about stirrup leggings though? I was, okay, Casey, this is a loaded topic. Always too tall for them. Always mm. too tall. Yeah. Always too tall Same. for them. Like it's yeah, it was like my if they were going to properly hook under my foot, my butt crack was gonna be out. Yeah. And yeah. they just pull down and then your crotch is low. It's yeah. not good. It's not good it's for yeah, a tall lady. Good. And you're a petite, yeah. Casey. You're a petite. I, I know. Yeah. 
That's your petite privilege showing right there. Okay. <laughs> I've always had those baby legs, but even I had some stirrup leggings that I had to cut the yeah. stirrups on. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is a bit that they're doing yeah. on us, you know? Yeah. Or maybe I was just buying cheap stirrup leggings. I don't know, but I... I wanted them so bad. Really? I wanted them so bad. Oh, man. They seemed so cool. Oh, oh. Yeah. I I have seen people trying to bring them back, like, like, you know, floating a test balloon for stirrup leggings. And I'm like, no, we can't, we can't do that to ourselves. Not everything, not everything can come back. Not everything can come back. They're trying now. No. They're really trying. They really are. They love to try it. I I saw a girl in Seattle, like a girl, like a 16-year-old. Okay. Wearing like the lowest. It was like, for a moment, I was in 1999, the lowest jeans I've ever seen. The lowest, like little, like, yeah. With like the little bit of like almost the zipper is like three teeth long. Yeah. Like it's just like, like, like just the shortest Just a button. Just a button. A button. Like, yeah. I was like, God. With like a little ringer tee. I was like, damn. Oh, it is the nineties. I feel like those yeah. jeans are so discriminatory to people with high butt cracks. They really are. They you really are. I mean? Not like everyone could wear them. A, if you have a long butt, then it's not happening. It's unfair. I just couldn't I had yeah. it's just not for my body shape. Yeah. yeah. It was it had nothing to do with my butt crack. It's a relatively normal size butt crack, but mm-hmm. I got the hips and the dips and like it's just not never been for me. It's never, never been for be her. You. And yeah. it's never going to be for her. And yeah. even on yeah. Girls 5 Eva when we're doing the flashbacks, they're like no low rise jeans for busy. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just like we're going to pretend like this is a jean you could have worn then. It, even if it's not. Wait, Nora, do you live in Arizona now? I live in Arizona now. I live in Arizona now. Yeah, we moved in 2020. Um, I lived in Minneapolis like most of my life, except for like college and a couple of years in New York and then moved back home temporarily. And then I fell in love with Aaron and then I stayed and then he died. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Mm. Um, but it took me a while. And then I fell in love with another guy and he has kids and... Mm, then we got married, then we had a baby. And I honestly, like, I was so fucking depressed. And it was not just because my husband died. It was not just because he was sick. It's just like spending nine months, like I'm in DC right now and the sky is gray and I feel like a wilting flower already. Like I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like the best antidepressant I've had is like the sun. Every We're very similar day. people, you and me, Nora. Yeah. There's some DNA, something somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. We should do 23 and me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I know. I you look so much like my cousin, Mary really? Claire. So much. Yes. So much. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I like I'm that just name. Always been suspicious. So I'm I'm suspicious now. <laughs> okay. But yeah. I need the sunshine like no one yeah. I've ever met. And these last two years in New York are great when it's great. And I got this place now. This is like my apartment that I do, that I work out of Casa Kismet. And then it's also my apartment. My God, it's so fucking beautiful here right now, you guys. It looks fake. But it's so bright and it's all windows in here. And I love it. But every other place in New York is dark and I hate it. Yes, yes. And it makes me like deeply depressed. And the winter is so tough. So yeah. you moved to Arizona in 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And how's yeah. it going? So Aaron's, I love it. It's not for everyone. Um, I mean, you know, I grew I up there, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Last When you were there last Christmas, I was like, should I message her? I was like, well, that'd be weird. Just, oh, like, you should have. But like, 
I'm going to this year, but we live okay. in like central Phoenix. Like we live in like sure. uptown Phoenix, like a cute little like yes. 50s neighborhood. I know all about like, it. Like, like we have got like a little, you know, we've got a really good community of people. Yeah. Like it's not like we don't live in like a, you know, um, let's go Brandon flag flying right, neighborhood. Right. No, I Though know. Those do exist. Oh, you know, for they sure. Exist. Obviously. They um, do everywhere. For sure, for sure. <laughs> They do everywhere. That's the thing. There are like shitty people and shitty ideals everywhere you go. And I kind of do think like, I kind of think like, well, if you can move to a place that where you're like the, uh, you know, the, the privileged minority <laughs> and you can like, you know, bring three adult voters with you, why not do it? So, um, we moved two years ago. I love it. Uh, our oldest son goes to ASU. So it's every boy's dream to just have his family follow him. Uh, to be close by. And then, and then Aaron's family lives down here. Matthew's parents moved down too. So it's like, everyone's here. Except my mom, who is on just, my mom's doing her own thing. On her own journey. She's on her journey. She really is. She really is. She's wonderful. She's like the kind of grandma who you're like, can you come watch the baby? And she's like, maybe after yoga, but I might be meeting a friend. (laughs) Right, right. And and I aspire to be like that. I aspire I love that to be like for her. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Possibly. Love that for her. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know. I just love the sun. I feel like a little lizard every day. I'm like, I, I like when it's 110, I'm like, great. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of the same. <laughs> That's I really love. I really love do it. love Arizona I, in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just, it is like a struggle for me because the politics have always been at odds with who I am. And then to see... Well, what's so wild to me about Arizona is that there is such a push to turn it more like in line with what the will of the majority of people who live there are, but they're this, that, that let's go Brandon, like the white supremacy, like old school fucking Arizonians are just hell bent on upholding nonsense and they're it is nonsense they are they are full of fucking nonsense that lady is i mean it's border literally carrie lake is insane in i remember her on the news bonkers yeah it's like she was a newscaster and when you watch her now you're like oh this must be like a daily show parody or something and then you're like oh no she's I really mean, no, no she's she super dangerous an, she yeah. saw an opportunity and it's well, so wild Lauren, do you know katie hobbs oh. I, I mean i'm not personally but yeah i know my sister's I'm, friends I'm obviously with her voting for katie hobbs oh obviously is she okay yeah my sister's yeah. friends with everyone also you should yeah. meet my sister because she's like love the mayor too. of yeah. the mayor of phoenix <laughs> but like well i mean she's like knows not everybody literally, she literally knows everyone okay yeah like um but she, but Katie Hobbs, I think, is like doing that thing where she's like, I'm not going to engage with this because it's so insane. Mm, yeah. Hope it or in, in the with the idea or the thought that people are reasonable still, but they're not. People aren't reasonable. Oh, like yeah. they've got, she's got to like, I mean, in my in my estimation, yeah. I think she's got to like get pretty loud the next few weeks just about yeah, how dangerous so. and crazy this lady is. Because yeah, it's also just not like like seated in reality in any way. There was this other woman who was running who was like, um, she was on maybe like a morning show or something, saying what 
the Arizona Elections Committee should be doing. And like the the interviewer was like, that is what they do. Like that is how secure our elections are. Like that's exactly how it already works. I mean, like, I'm glad the interviewer said something because I've been yeah. seeing a lot of like bullshit fly with no challenge yeah. whatsoever. It's wild. Yeah. But I mean, like Lauren Boebert shot her neighbor's dog like this week. You know what I mean? Like she Wait, is that true? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just read that on Twitter before I got on here with you guys that like these people are just like unreasonable. And um, this guy that I follow on Twitter, that's a really uh, sharp writer, uh, Oliver Willis. He was just like, it's like WWE, you know? Yes. You Crazy storylines. But this is yeah. what I was talking about, Casey. Nora, before you got on, and yeah. I don't even know if we'll keep it in the mm-hmm. podcast, but we I'll were talking start. about we were talking we were talking about, about BravoCon, how- and I was like mm. having a meltdown about how I'm like, I've never been a fan. I've obviously seen the shows. I know what it is. I get it. But like BravoCon's been just very much, especially I'm in New York. I'm like, yeah, everybody's. It's like everyone's whatever. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with meanness masquerading as entertainment. Like it's Mm. not actually entertaining. And all it's doing is reinforcing really terrible, terrible stereotypes and tropes that aren't even true for them, you know? And it's just like, it's honestly, guys, it's bad storytelling. (laughs) It's bad storytelling. It's also like, I I do love, I love the Housewives franchises as like you a way to do? tune out I need my to know. brain. I need to know. Okay, to tune why? out my brain. You know, it's but like, what does it but do? I don't think any of it's real. I was also a WWF watcher. Oh, I love oh, wrestling. Okay, yeah. I watched a lot of wrestling. It's the exact same thing. What I do think is now that you say it, like what I do think is, and you can watch, like this was like upsetting to me in previous, like I'm not like a person who watches it every single week or anything, but like, you know, when it's on, if I'm in a hotel room, yes. Or if I like just really need like a, um, a drone on in the background, like I'll binge like 10 episodes or whatever. It's really upsetting to my husband. We watched Salt Lake city together, which I thought was actually really good television because the extra castmate was religious trauma. Like Mm. half the, half the castmates are talking openly about being, you know, traumatized by the Mormon faith. Uh, there's like, uh, there's a Muslim, uh, character, uh, for like what cast member, yeah, cast member. um, there's like, you know, there, there's like a Jewish cast member. Um, there's like a lot of like just religion in there, like as an extra sort of like added layer, but watching it with my husband, he's like, this is really upset. He's like, this is watching someone play Russian roulette with their life. You know, right. like, he's like, I, it's right. very hard to watch people like intentionally make bad decisions. He's like, that's not how you would talk to a friend. He's like, why would you, why would you bring it up at a party when everyone right. else is there? You wouldn't do that. Like it's upsetting right. to him because it's so right, obviously think- wrong. And I do think you're right now. We just like watch it as a way of that's, that is a, Ooh, no, but I, I was think saying that people to Busy pay- that I think it fulfills the same thing that like sports fulfill f- have always fulfilled for people, and like the object of sports is like when you're being honest, just to like smash into each other and take things away from each yeah. other, and someone has to win and someone has to lose. But I think like you know there was a time when sports had sportsmanship, and you were a gracious loser. But mm-hmm. I was saying that I don't think that like the current state of sports, like I think one. Once in a while, you'll see an example of sportsmanship between players. But for the most part, the spectators 
aren't treating it like the goal is sportsmanship. You know what I but mean? But it's also and just I, like people are complaining constantly about the tenor of like online communication, how mean people are in in real life to one another, you know, how disrespectful. And it's like, look at what you're watching all the time. You never get away from yeah. it. You're either yeah. watching Real Housewives smack each other down or you're watching, you're right, like sports teams. I don't know sports. <laughs> but, you know, you're watching like sports teams and, and yeah. people get so fucking ah, aggro about yeah. that. Isn't there that anyway. study about like how they're like the, I don't know. I I feel like this is right, but I could also be making it up. So it behooves me to like look it up and try to figure out. But like, in when a team loses the Super Bowl, aren't there like more domestic violence calls in that? hundred percent. Yes, than, that's true. That isn't know, true. Just that based is true on story. like the upset feelings of losing the big yeah. game. Anytime there's a no, anytime a team loses, yeah, I believe yeah. is yeah. what it is. Anytime Ooh. a team loses, they have there's an uptick in domestic violence calls. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, Casey, to think about it as like a way of like choosing teams too. Like in a way of like, you know, like, or like choose your fighter, you know, like choose yeah, your like yeah. avatar too. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's also like people just, we've never been lonelier. We've never been right. less connected to like our actual communities. And We're like missing we our third place. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even our second place, because if we don't have like real essential jobs that require us to be at a school or at a hospital. Like we're just fucking sitting at home all the time and our worlds have shrunken down and down and down. And like, where can you put that frustration? You can shit on someone on Instagram or on Twitter, or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can, uh, like uh, choose your favorite housewife and watch her act out like all of your infantile fantasies because you're not allowed to lose your shit that way. But she can because she's at least getting paid to. Um, interesting. Guys, I think we fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting about the housewives is that like, well, for one thing, it's like a really visible platform for women who like whether, you know, whether they are interested in being performers or business women, mm-hmm. it's a really highly visible platform that some women have used to um, launch successful careers uh, off of. But also, like, sometimes, like, I think we can all acknowledge that sometimes housewives are also launching businesses that, like, never really come to fruition and you have to wonder, like, what, I don't know. And was it just for something to, well, She by Sheree Mm -hmm. is a good example of, like, (laughs) you took it out of my head. What is that? What you is that? Hold it out of my what head. What is that? What are you guys saying? Wow. What is that? That's like she, season one of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Sheree like. Whitfield like had a fashion line, She by Sheree, that was constantly on the verge of launching. And I think like yeah. I mean, all through my time there, She by Sheree was always like that was like the phrase that you used all the time because it was just this like thing that never launched, but she was always so busy working on it. And mm-hmm. um I think like what's come out like sweatshirts. It's been like 20 years and like, uh, like, I think like a sweatshirt came out or something. No shade. It's hard to like launch a fashion line. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But I'm also like, and honestly, she could have used me and busy for the ideas. ideas She could have called. I don't know. I'm just saying you guys, all three of us have successfully put sweatshirts out. 
That's it's all. true. It's, it's true. true. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I also think like, I don't know. Uh, it It's, it's so terrible to be a person now. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard to be a woman. <laughs> it's yeah. just so miserable. And like, what is a thing that people can like organize around that, that, that gives them some semblance of community because that's why you go to something like BravoCon and that's why you ha- like right. join like some sort of like Reddit well, thread around something that you're interested in. It's like you want like some kind of connection. I think yeah. podcasts and I think yours yeah. has a huge community and now you're on this podcast slash new book tour and that's like exactly what people have, right? When they come to yeah. see you. Is yeah, they get that, but friends. they don't. And they make friends. Yeah. We we had that you, happen. You did that. You made in yes, Toronto. You made yeah, whole friend groups for people. Oh, well, we did. Yeah, yeah we yeah. did the um, yes. group chat chats. groups. The group chats. Yes. Uh, because that was really that was really born out of us saying like, guys, there are some things you don't need to put online. You don't need to see. <laughs> yeah. Just just send it to your best friend instead. I have like a whole bunch. Like I rarely tweet. I mostly just send my what would be my tweets to my group chats, you know? (laughs) And then it's like, and they're, they're like a safe space and no, nothing's bad. And you know, it's all good. And they do the same for me. And then you don't, and then you're not like, it's not gross. It's not gross. You're not like, you're not yucking up the culture. Yeah. But that's another thing too, is like, there's such a fine line between like contribution and pollution And I think about that all the time. I'm like, at what point, like, like, why am I putting this up? You know what I mean? Like, like, why am I doing that? Why am I like on this? Like, why am I like, I left Twitter, I think a year and a half ago. I was like, I am mentally iller in this space. A hundred percent just activated every horrible part of my psyche all at once. I was like, I can't, I can't be there. I like literally have to take away the, the stimulus completely. Because I was such like an early internet adopter and like such an extremely online person that I just like, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of person to be. And like you were mentioning Birdie, like doesn't post anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. which I think is so cool. Our oldest kid has never posted anything on the internet. Girls are (laughs) obsessed with him because they can't find anything Uh, about him. (laughs) He doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like he's just, I'm like, I'm like at some point, like is the pendulum going to just swing that way where like I think so. privacy and secrecy yeah. is going to be like the, like a, it's a commodity. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is yeah. a commodity. Oh and like, at the well, same I'll be paying time, for it. We'll all be paying to be, more I was, yeah, I'll be like, wipe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say, but at the same time, like I'm happy to pay the price of, of doing so much of what I do publicly because I have been able to see the community that it builds in a positive mm-hmm. way as opposed to the yeah. other. And like, yeah. I think you're, I look at you as, as so much the same thing, you know, like think mm-hmm. about like yeah. hot, what was it called? Hot dead, uh, no, hot, <laughs> hot wives, hot, hot ladies with dead guys. What is, what was it called? What was it? That's hot widows. That's better. Hot, hot young widows club. Yeah. Hot, hot young, young widows hot club, young club. Yeah. that you started obviously yeah. out of the deepest grief imaginable. Yeah. And so many people were like, ah, 
This is it. This me. is what I feel. Yeah. This is me. I see myself. Yeah. I see myself. I needed this. I needed yeah. someone to recognize that this is who I am. So it is, yeah. there's validity to it as well, but like, and greatness to like building communities. There really is. There really is. I just think at anything that you, anything that is online or, you know, I don't know, just, or, or in the, in the atmosphere, right. is almost like designed to elicit like these huge, huge reactions from us. So like, that's why people like housewives. That's why people like get addicted to politics or Twitter or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. And like, most most of like everything I would say is like kind of like a net neutral <laughs> at best, right? Like most things are just like fine, fine. right? Like right. most people are on the internet just like making friends or like connecting about something. And like, I do have to believe like in order to like, you know, just stay alive. Like I have to believe that the majority of people that you even cross paths with don't want to live in a culture or a country where people are, other people are suffering, you know what I mean? Or like, like, I, like, even if, even if that's like what they're saying online or the kind of people they're voting for, I think if you presented it to them, if you ask them, like, do you think, like, do you think women who have, who have, uh, who have, who have babies or do you think women who have babies should, um, have time to like rest and recuperate and take care of themselves and their children? They'd probably be like, Oh yeah. 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 You know, right. like, do you think, do you think that you should have cancer and go bankrupt and lose your whole house? No, no, of course not. Of course. Okay. Not. Like, and, but like everything has just been charged up to be like, you're a fucking socialist. And like, yes, I am. But, uh, <laughs> but like same, but also I like, think that people are tricked by thinking people get tricked by this idea that because they experienced something or went through it, that means that others need to as well, even it's if bananas. there's a better way, Yeah, you know, and yeah. that's the part where I'm like, I don't get that. That's yeah. what I don't get it. No, I, we, I paid off our medical debt because there was an online fundraiser, like most humiliating part of my life probably was to be like, so not only did my husband die, but like, we don't have any money, <laughs> like help me. Um, and I would never, ever, ever begrudge anybody getting their medical debt canceled. No, cancel all of it. Cancel right. all of it. Every hospital right. system is rich as hell. Who cares? Right. Like it's all fake. Your Tylenol should not be $35. We have to get over the, like, you know, I think people associate this with like boomer parents being like, well, if it was good enough for me, it's good enough for them. And like, yeah, we have to right. say like, what was good enough for me has to be better for them. You know, we just, we have to get over this, like that we're somehow being held back by two things that don't have anything to do with one another. Well, a lot of people, like, I think haven't wanted better for their own kids. I've heard people oh. say, like, that's how I was raised. And so that's how they're going to be raised. And, you know, and I just like, that's so wild to me. But to be fair, I think a lot of people want better for their own kids, but then we have to want better for everyone's kids and or like, yes. not, like you know, just the next generation. Like, and so does that make me progressive because I want progress? I guess so. Guilty. You know, like I'm she said it. She went there. Okay. Isn't it crazy though? Like you just and I'm sure people listening, like it sounds, it's just so reasonable. You know what I mean? There's no, it doesn't even sound, it's like, it's not wild. It's not what you're, what you just said, Casey is like, 
literally the most logical, reasonable thing yeah. to say. And somehow we've like, we've all like, people have just been tricked. Yeah. It's a lot of trickery. Yeah. I think there's a lot of trickery like, about a foot. And it's very I, there really is. Like I trickery. Had, it's selective it's, trickery. Yeah. Because I we had, don't ever um, we don't ever say like, oh, like my grandmother didn't have a microwave, so none of us have microwaves. You know, I mean, obviously we have microwaves yeah. because that's yeah. progress and you know, and so we keep them. I mean, I have my family is Catholic. Okay, so like there's a vast majority of I would say of my family uh, that we just do not see eye to eye on many important things and explaining to a family member of mine who's very old, who's very Catholic, um, that I would not have been able, oh no, am I going to cry? I would not have been able to be there for his little brother's death, my dad, if I would not have had access to what is considered an abortion for a baby that died inside me and could have also killed me. Like explaining to that man, like, do you love me? Are you glad I'm alive? Like, would you wanted my dad to die without me there? Like mind blown, like had not considered like those things. And it's like, I'm never going to have a conversation like that with a stranger on the internet. I'm not, I'm not. So like it is... that is my responsibility to have that conversation with a person who I know, who I know loves and respects me, even though I'm sure behind my back, they've called me like a a liberal communist feminist slut, but like, you know, but but notwithstanding. Okay. Just kidding. He would never say slut. He never, he is the very, very (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, I'm not, I I bet not that. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just, you know, I don't think that he thinks like, uh, oh, I want to ruin women's lives and I don't respect but them. See, like, I just think what, like they just can't contextualize like. But this is the important reality. Of, right. But this is the importance of yeah. like, especially now more than ever. You know, there was a time when like, I, not very long ago where you would just not have that conversation with your uncle because yeah. what's the, because you're, because you would think mm-hmm. what's the point? And like, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable for me and I don't need to like share, you know, and I do think that we've just all seen now with what's happened in this country that what we all have to do is have the, actually that the, those personal conversations do so much more than any other version of the thing, you know, very rarely are people's hearts and minds changed by like a stranger on the internet. You know what? You made some good points in this right. tweet storm, and I am. Huh? I never am thought changed. of it like that. Okay. Woo! I'm a changed person. I read yeah. your tone exactly as you intended it, and uh, <laughs> completely understood. Yeah, everything that you said, and it really resonated with me. And now things are 100 different. Things are 100 percent different. Thank you so much for that. Hmm. I'm changing my bio. I'm changing all of yeah. the things I signified myself <laughs> as and identified as up it's until done. moments. It's ago. over. Um, <laughs> I know, Nora. We really do have to hang out because I do feel like we have very, I very, know. very similar. I mean, I've always felt this, but like we do yeah. have very similar journeys in our lives yeah. in many ways. And I think I think Cricket and Ralph are the same age. 
How old is Ralph? Nine. Yeah, nine. Same. He's yeah. nine. Yeah. Is he into gaming? Yep. Nine. O M F N G. Okay, that we're... dude's got Robux out the yeah, wazoo. Okay. 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 <laughs> crickets. My, cricket Minecraft. Is... Something. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Crickets. Okay. All into gaming. Gamers. Game vibes. Gaming it up. <laughs> all the all the time. All the time. Why. Game vibes. I don't know why. It just cracks me up when like a little kid says gamer. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. <gasps> Ralph's like, oh, are they a gamer? I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, Wait, slow down, buddy. You have an iPad. Okay. <laughs> what's Ralph What's Ralph going to be for Halloween? Uh, he's going to be... He, okay, I wanted him and Q, his little brother, to be um, the dog and the boy from Adventure Time, Finn the Human Aww, and that's Jake cute. the dog. That's really yeah. cute. Because one's so tall and one is like... Q has the body of Mike Wazowski. He's like a circle Aww. of two skinny legs. <laughs> Wait, I love but, that. Um, but uh, Ralph's going to be like just a di- like an inflatable dinosaur. Like those are really, you know, popular costumes now. Oh, Even though yeah. last year I made him a Minecraft head out of a box secured yeah, it to a helmet. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Spent hours laboring over it yeah. only for him to like be like, it's it's really hot. I don't think I'm going to wear it. I was like, okay. Classic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hands son- painted on Dalmatian spots under a little white yeah. sweatsuit for Q. He fucking loved it. He oh. loved oh, it. Oh, that's there you go. cute. He loved it. Oh, I think that's like the last age where they'll like be like a little creature and let you like. Yeah. And just like, yeah. So cute. How old is he? Yeah. Five. Aww, so five. Well, you yeah. guys- Lincoln was a classic for asking for a, a, an incredibly elaborate costume, <laughs> always homemade. And then at the last minute being like, this is amazing, mom. I am not going to do this. I am not. <laughs> Dressing up, Mom. As Ed- I love the craftsmanship. Thank you no, for thank the you. Edward Scissorhands handmade Scissorhands and entire costume. But I'm not gonna dress as Edward Scissorhands. But I love the costume, and I might wear it one time around the house. <laughs> every I be, year, no, I, I fell for I would it be every like, year. No, I would not. I would. <laughs> oh God, I would not. What, what's Cricket gonna be for Halloween? Cricket is gonna be Dwight Schrute. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Ralph Perfect. loves the office. This is so Oh my God, weird. they have to be friends. They've never been in an office. It's so weird to me. They've never <laughs> right. had a job and they like love this show. Cricket like, is obsessed with the office. Dwight is her favorite character. The costume is, we, I like pieced it. I just like ordered from Sears, <laughs> like a little boy's brown suit. A little Mormon outfit. Yes. Oh, and oh then the like mustard short sleeve oh. button down and a tie. And then Mark actually found on Etsy somebody that made like the Dwight Schrute Dunder Mifflin tag. Like, oh, nice. Oh. And the gla- we got the glasses. Oh, and great. it's something else. It really is <laughs> insane. But you know what else she kind of looks like? If we don't do her hair back, yeah. she looks like that one guy from Workaholics. <laughs> like she, like she truly actually, she actually really looks like that guy from Workaholics. That's so funny. I know. So we could just, she could be whatever, but, and then she's got range. Okay. She's got I range. I love that Birdie's dressing up for middle school as Claire Foy, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Nice. Okay. Great. Yeah. Works for me. That's a good. Um, and is this like. Is like this like the last year, do you think, that Birdie's going to want to dress up? I think that teenagers do it, right? This Then they get into like, Birdie will never do a slutty costume. But I think that the, te- I think yeah. teenagers do it though for parties still. I think they do. Yeah. Still do it. Yeah. 
Well, you, know you I mean? still dress up, so maybe Me? there's yeah, every once I in a while. It. Yeah, so maybe it. maybe Birdie will be like a lifelong Halloween dresser. <sighs> I know. I was trying to think what I should be, but I, I don't know. And I'm gonna have like three days to throw something together. You're like, I got nothing. You go yeah. to the classics. <laughs> like, I'm a baby. I'm a yeah. kitty. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I don't even. I'm that. having a mental breakdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a fever and I'm in my pajamas at home. That's, I mean, that's what I'll probably go as this year. I don't know what uh, I'll be. I'm going to, I'll, I'll figure something out. You always do. I always you always do. have something, something good. I feel like we need to let you rest before yeah, your you have to big show. Go do your sound check. Even though everything. I would just let, I would just talk to you for the next three hours, but. I would too. <laughs> I would too. Okay. Where, Where are, are you in Boston? The, I'm going to throw the number in the chat. Um, <laughs> Sorry, tonight. where am I in Boston? No, like what's the, where are you at tonight? Like where are you performing? Or tonight whatever. I'm in DC at oh, the Lincoln why I, Theater. Why did I just Because I'm that going up? to Boston tomorrow. So I did think, I think I did say oh, Boston. That's but weird. Yeah, I am okay. in, I'm in DC tonight at the Lincoln, Boston at the Wilbur, and then, then Toronto at the Great Hall. Then I'm in Milwaukee at a bookstore. Then I'm in Chicago at some place. And then I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. At the Fitzgerald oh, and then a bunch of bookstores on the East Coast. So amazing. Don't you love the Fitz? Isn't the yes, Fitz just such so a beautiful gorgeous. place? It's so beautiful. Oh, I love so it. So beautiful. Um, we, we didn't specifically ask Nora about a pivot in her life, but I think that that was oh pretty God. apparent just from like your whole life has been a pivot and the way that you pivot. The way that you've been a pivot. handled Ugh. everything has been how you've handled wow. it. And like it, it's made this beautiful life for you. And you're so generous to share all of it with everyone. Yeah. Um, and really so we are. thank you. We so appreciate that you uh, came and spent a little time with us. Nora's new book is called Bad Vibes Only. It's out now. You can hopefully go now. see her if she's coming to your town or near to your town um but if not definitely get the book at least feel get all her- ex- feel extremely pressured to buy this book yes like, wait yeah yes. you should <laughs> guys you should definitely be pressured also i just want to say this i've read it on my last few airplanes it's a great plane book oh, i love it yes. on the airplane thank you some books are not thank good you. for an airplane this is some a great airplane are book Agreed. some books are not some books Agreed. are not um I just love your podcast. So thank you for having me on. I listen to it all the time and I sobbed. Now I can't remember your guest name, but who just had a baby. And oh, oh, is he thinking about Jenkins. you bringing your tiny baby to work and being like, I'll just buy her all these toys and <laughs> we'll just and hire someone to watch the baby and I'll work and it'll all be fine. I'll just it's spend my things. Don't worry fine. about me. I love this. Tape my yeah. body back together. It's fine. Yeah. Bananas. bananas. It's so bananas. It's so bananas. You just do stuff when you're in it, you though. Just do man, it. oh man. Um, I am sorry for giving you all the Minnesota goodbye, but those are my roots. We I love just, it. Love it. We love it. I um, said, follow you to the car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
I actually kind of where I'm the same. So yeah, like we're the same. So we love it and we love yeah. you. And I'm so happy you are able to spend some time with us. Everybody should buy the book. Everybody should follow Nora on Instagram. She's so fun to follow on Instagram and listen to her podcast. Terrible. Thanks for asking. Um, and we just love you. And I'm so glad we finally got to have you. I know. Me on. too. We, we thank you guys. You're the best. You truly yeah, are. Have a good show tonight. <laughs> Bye. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye, I don't know how to Nora. get out of the Zoom. Son of a gun. I don't know how to do this. Someone's got to kick me out. You just have to leave. Oh Casey, just turn her camera off again. Ah, she did it. <laughs> Nora's so great. She's great. I love She's her really so much. She's really great. I, have I really do her. feel like we're like separated at birth or something. Yes, 100%. And, uh, and I know her because of like the Minneapolis connection. I just, I love her so much and she's so generous and sharing everything. Generous. So if you're not familiar with Nora, now you are and you should check out everything she does because it's all great. Okay, tell me what you're doing your best at this week. What am I doing my best at this week? Um, This is a good question. I am doing my best at, well, drawing boundaries, I guess. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I've i said to myself like a number of times, like, if this person ever calls me to like work on something again, it's always too much chaos and it's always like very frustrating or whatever. And so I'm going to say no next time they call. And then I never do. Of course. I know you. Yeah. And I, because I'm always like telling myself like, oh gosh, like, you know, you just never know when someone's going to call you again or whatever. Like it's always, I, I always treat everything like a famine, but then I realized, and maybe this is the mushrooms talking, but I just realized that some people treat everything like an emergency all the time and Mm -hmm. like, and that's okay for them. But like, I can't be drawn into that every time. And so I'm like, if somebody's like, you know, I'm calling you, I'm already in the midst of chaos. I Mm -hmm. need help with this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you do it? And like, it has to be done in 48 hours or whatever, because I didn't call you like a month ago when I should have. Um, Can you help me? And I'm just kind of like, no, because here's the thing. Like, it's not life or death. The thing that you're asking me to help you with. Generally, it's just like reality TV. Yeah, or like whatever, like a speech for something or like a Mm -hmm. a bit or whatever that they want Mm -hmm. written. And I'm just like, no, I mean, no. Because like I just – I don't want to like feel my stomach being in knots and I don't want to be all stressed out for something that didn't need to be an emergency in the first place. So I'm just kind of like, no, it's all right. You know, (laughs) like – and if it was like if you called me in an emergency and you were like, I need you to do whatever, I'd be like, yes, obviously. But I don't need to do that for everyone. And if it was a real emergency and someone was like, no, I need you to like come pick me up and take me to the hospital, I would do that for anyone. But like if you just need like a comedy bit and you've known about it for six months, but then you just decided to call me six hours before it's happening – it's okay. I'm cool. I can take a pass on that. And so did you say no? I ha- I mean, I've said no to like a couple things this, this week. This week? Yeah. Where I'm just like, no, don't call me like 48 hours or like a week ahead of something. Like it's it's cool. Um, So that's good. And I think like no hard feelings or whatever, but it's just like 
if it wasn't important enough to you to like, you know, secure my participation, then it's not important now, you know? And so I, I just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying into the emergency hype. So I guess that's what I'm doing my best at. Not buying into the emergency hype. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I think that is like such a good thing to be doing your best at because I feel like we all get fucking sucked into emergency hype. And like until you actually just like put a name to it, I didn't even realize how much of our lives is spent with fucking emergency hype bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, especially when you have a family and kids and like kids, especially like they don't have that ability to like plan ahead for like a school project or like I need, you know, sure, sure, sure. Well, that's I mean, there are let's be real. There are emergencies. Right. Right. There are. And you're going to have to deal with those. Right. But then because of like the culture that we're in right now because of our constant contact with one another, because of our fucking devices and our, the palms of our hands. Right. We like literally have this like, yeah, we get like lulled into this like emergency, you know, fallacy. Yeah, exactly. I've told you before, like the, like, I've taken jobs where people are like, I really need you to do this for me. Like, like my life is going to be harder if you don't do this. And I'm like, okay, I get like, I, and I've bought into it. And it's just like, I don't know, like, it's just, it's not that important. Like any job that I'm ever going to be doing is not that important. It could be done by someone else. It could be done not at all. It could, you know, like when you're just talking about like, whatever, like make them ups and jokes or whatever. It's not, it's never like it's just make them ups. <laughs> <sighs> this is great. I think that was a great one for all of us to hear. Yeah. What are you doing your best at? I mean, just like owning my shit, <laughs> <laughs> moving through it. Um, I'm trying to like, just do my best at like going easy on myself, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, do my best at, like, paying attention to my kids when they ask me to. Yeah. And not just when, like, I have the time. <laughs> right, right. And, like, and like understanding the difference between, like, actual things with urgency. Oh, my God, it's the same fucking thing. Like, actual things with urgency and things that are, like, no, actually, I can just put my fucking phone down and watch this dumb video with Cricket. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, it's very important for my kids to have dedicated focus. Yeah. Well, like even when I was out with Jen and those guys, like after the broken social scene show, like it's funny, like Jen doesn't have kids. She's a lesbian. Not that that's, she's just single. She's a single lesbian. Yeah. Um, and she does not have children. Yeah. And like, she had been talking to me about like how the night before they had been, she'd been out with people till like four in the morning and whatever. And, then like, you know, there were like a bunch of people hanging out, but Birdie had already texted me like, hey, are you coming back soon? I'd like to see you. And I sort of was like, I know there's a version of me that like I have historically speaking kind of like been like almost like in spite of myself and what my real desire is like pushed to just like, I'm going to go out because like, that's what I, 
like, oh God, does this make sense? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like yeah. my real desire is to go home and see my kid. Yeah. Okay. But like admitting that that's my real desire in the past has been like a weird thing for me because I'm like, I should be able to be like, just like a fully like blah, 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 like a person that just is like, does their own thing. Because it feels like, like someone's telling you what to do. Because a it little feels bit. like, yes, because it feels like someone's telling you what to do. Even though someone's not telling me what to do, my kid is just asking for my presence, right. you know? Yeah. And like, I just feel like I've. I'm doing my best at like now identifying the differences now as my children are almost out of the home. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, I just was like, I said to Jen, I was like, do you mind? I kind of just want to go home and see my kid. And she's like, I think that's rad. Let's go. And like, we, you know, and we went and we went back and like, she actually hung out with me and Birdie for a little bit. And like, oh, nice. it was super fun, you know, but I just, I don't know. I'm trying to be more in tune with that thing. I think that's so great, especially since as your kids get older, I think there are going to be times when you'll also notice that your kids don't want you to be paying close attention to them. And it's really like, you know, it's really, it can get really, I don't want to say confusing, but like challenging because I think sometimes as a parent talk about like things that you feel like you're being told to do or like that you're supposed to do, like you feel like sometimes you're, you should engage with your kid. And it's a time where they're really like, no, I'm being independent right now. So like, can you like leave me? You know what I mean? And it's so hard not to take that personally when that moment happens. And then like, sometimes it bleeds over into the moment when they're like, no, I want you now. Now I want to talk to you. Now I want to be with you. And so I think like just developing a practice of being intuitive and, you know, close listening to your kid and like, you know, your kids better than anyone is going to be really useful because, now you're getting to like apron strings cutting time and like it's there. Don't cut them. I <laughs> Don't just, cut them. Just gently, gently pull those apron strings up. But it's it's hard because like you're getting to the point where it's kind of like going to be your kid's call a lot of the time. And um, so it's good to like just develop that sense of like when it's right to be there and when it's time to like step back and uh and also like that takes a little work of like not being freaked out and being sad about it you know um yeah it's it's I think that's so great you're growing up too I know finally (laughs) anyway guys and you're growing up and you're growing up and you've grown so much in these past several hours and, and we so love have we so much. We love and you. also we have got we're going to have exciting news coming up and if you haven't gotten the fucking best shirt of all time yet. <laughs> that is that shirt is the shirt of my goddamn dreams. I'm so excited about it. The currently running a marathon shirt. Oh, I cannot wait. When am I getting mine? When is very, it coming? Very soon. It was just invented yesterday. I know, but I want it now. I know. It's coming, lady. I love it's- it. Okay. Well, guys, we love you. We see you soon. We'll, we'll talk, talk to you, you very next soon. week. I'm going to be back from it. I'm going to go to Atlanta. I'll be back from Atlanta. Write some letters, guys. 
come see me at this letter writing thing if you know that I'm going to be there. I don't know if you're in New York. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We don't know where you are. We hardly know where we are. I don't know where I am. (laughs) But Um, we love you and we'll talk to you soon. And thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Oh, no.